stiff arms of crap have <laughs> great coach match right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through the offensive line, beating the double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, so it's about football, not storylines. And you are listening to the 54th edition of TOJ Film Room. Uh, unfortunately, we just recorded like 20 minutes and we were not recording. And it was a very good conversation that we're not going to try to reproduce because then it's never going to sound natural. <laughs> um, but today we're doing uh, Leonard Williams and Jordan Jenkins today with a uh, good friend, Kyle Smith, uh, formerly of AFC East Bros on Twitter at NY Jets Film with no spaces, like I said before, though. Uh, he doesn't tweet often, so when he does, you better you better damn appreciate it because he's not very active on there anymore. So we're going to get on for that every single time he's on here. Uh, Kyle, man, what's up? Not too much, Joe. Uh, just uh, kind of enjoying the summer and definitely looking forward to talking to some football. And like I said, let's, let's not try to reproduce uh, the conversation, but you know, watching that intro just got me fired up. It's, it's football season's here, man. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I thought you were going to crowd with me. Like, you know, you know what, well, what's up is that I just recorded 20 minutes and it never recorded to <laughs> recording an intro again. But, uh, hold on, so I have a feeling that, that your, your wife just asks about the stiff arm. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not, <laughs> not going to try to do this whole thing. Um, but, yeah, like you said, uh, the intro, and I said before, it's, it's exciting seeing, the, seeing that film and now seeing it come onto the field with uh, – you know, camp coming along and you see Le'Veon Bell on the field and you see Sam Darrell in the second year, you see Quinn and Williams, you see Mosley, you see Montgomery, you see all the new additions, you see Jamal Adams. So it's definitely a, uh, a, a fun time um, to be, you know, at, at this moment, uh, let's, let's be honest, we've been dying for football and we've been starving for it at this point. So um, it is exciting that, that it's coming back and we get to see these player interviews. And like we said before, uh, I don't do player interviews because I think they're pretty stupid where you could guess what they're going to say. Like, let's say, okay, you know, Hey, Kyle Smith, what have you been working on this off season? Oh, well, you know, I've been, uh, I've been working hard, get my body re- ready, my, my, my mentality ready with the playbook and, uh, you know, really getting to know my teammates. Like it's all the same crap, but, uh, just eating right, taking it one day at a time. Yeah. But usually I don't, I don't watch those things, but now like I find myself like binge watching jets jets uh you know interviews because we're just starving for football at this point so it's exciting that's actually back and we get to hear yeah. some, some and you're things. actually excited for this season you can't honestly tell me that you were like super excited for the previous couple seasons like of course you were because you love football but you weren't excited that the jets were going to be able to do anything or make mm-hmm. the playoffs yeah and you know how it is too with watching film and especially when you like really grind the film you're watching a lot of stuff in 2018 season watching the same plays over and over again and it's, it's like exciting that this ends. yeah yeah so when you something new is gonna come it's definitely it's definitely going to be um you know a, a good time and, and fun to to break that down but uh getting to some of the housekeeping uh joe rb31 on twitter where i'm putting up brian winters right now who i as i stated previously and i hate to do this but it kind of just happens uh he's an interesting player where he is really inconsistent with his technique but he'll show one play of a really good like snatch and trap and the next play where he you know takes a bad angle into the second level but then the next play trucks somebody over so he's really interesting player i don't think he's on the hot seat like some fans think where they think a guy like john toth or you know tom compton might take him over um, but he, because he definitely showed more to me on film than I thought he would when I actually just watched him. So he's going to be an interesting review. I have like 70 plays on him. It's probably going to be a little bit less as I go through. Like, I got to delete that. I don't need to say that again, but he's going to be an interesting one um, for the offensive line. And as you mentioned before, 
you know, check out the assembly one. I already did Jonathan Harrison, who, as I stated, uh, I spelled his name right. You know, by the, his spelling, I put the show up and it auto-corrected by itself. <laughs> and I spelled his name wrong. Jonathan Harrison, like J-O-N-A, where it's really J-O-N-O-T-T-H-A-N, which is a really weird way of spelling Jonathan. Uh, really but, yeah, check out those reviews. Uh, offensive line is something that I've really delved deep into this year where I really try to take a new position, uh, you know, every month and really try to learn it better. And that's something I'm more comfortable with now. And uh, those reviews, I think you'll get a lot out of guys like watch, watching Harrison, watching uh, winters when it comes up watching shell watching clutchy assembly so definitely check those out and then we still have reviews to do on twitter with herndon and anunwa and may and burgess and and griffin and we still have five more shows to do with all the guys i've mentioned you know in in the past so we have seven more shows to do of just things i need to get done and then we have a lot four more shows with that so we have 11 shows to do not including this one before the first week of the season <laughs> rolls around so that's why you're getting two shows in the last three days um so it's, uh, it's a busy time, but we'll get into some of the news before uh, we get into the, uh, the podcast. Some things I noted down from camp. And like I said, I wish the previous conversation recorded, but I just want you to know that it was very, very good. So just imagine what it could have been, Jets fans. We talked about the offensive line. We talked about coaching. We talked about some things that are just never, never going to get back. It's just a conversation that was now had between just me and Kyle Smith. So you'll never be able to get to enjoy it. But um, some positive news that, that Q was signed. It was an issue, to, it was an issue over guaranteed money. Um, with him being taxed here versus Bama, where the guarantee, some of the, they want Jets want some guaranteed money being this year and some next year uh, given to him, where Q wanted it all this year because the way that Alabama and New Jersey's taxed differently, where if he gets it this year, he'll be taxed with Alabama, uh, where if he gets some of it next year, he'll be taxed by New Jersey because he'll be a New Jersey resident. And you know, just looking at like seven percent of let's say a hundred dollars, that's seven dollars. Where in Alabama, it might be three percent, so that's three dollars. And you, you know, when you accumulate that, uh, or when you look at that at twenty million dollars, whatever it is, it's a big chunk of change. So um, he wanted his his money taxed in Bama, which didn't make sense to me very much because the Jets it, it doesn't hurt their cap, doesn't do anything. So why not just give him his money? Uh, some other news: Donald looks great. He's been torched in the secondary, ripped off a couple of touchdowns in a row. Uh, you know this can't. This you know can't what it could have been, honestly. Uh, and I'm not okay. saying this for a fact, but you know the Raiders. So one of the problems with the Raiders and the Raiders are they're probably one of the more um, financially stricken organizations in the NFL. Uh, there was reports during free agency that you know the Raiders spent really big early when they signed Trent Brown. They gave him a huge contract. They traded for um, Antonio Brown, gave him a new contract. And the Raiders had a lot of cap, but the problem is they didn't have a lot of cash flow. So when you pay a player, you got to have the money to actually pay them with a signing bonus. And sometimes teams just might not have all that money up front, even though it has nothing to do with their cap. So with the Jets, paying him all this money up front might have been an issue from a cash flow perspective, not something cap-related. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was, it was kind of odd. It happened last year at Donald too. I just don't want to hear about this anymore. Just get the guy freaking signed. Uh, it's it's just odd. But um, like I said, Montgomery and Bell have been ripping people up. Cashman has been re- looking really good. Who uh, another guy I was impressed with after watching his film? Who I did a film review on both on Twitter. I like and on this. I, yeah, I th- I think he's going to be in a bigger role than some people think. You know, in a four three, could he could he move over to the to the will and then maybe you know a guy in Avery Williamson moves over to the Sam if they're all standing up and the Sam's not you know, in, in one of those roles, like a, like in an under where he's on the line of scrimmage a lot, you know, more of like a four, three overlook where you have four guys more standing up and then maybe instead of, you know, 
kind of flexing into Sam out a little bit wider in like a typical 4-3 over, like you pinch him a little bit inside. So uh, Avery Williams doesn't have to play in a ton of space. I could see Cashman coming in and playing some reps or maybe even spelling some guys in coverage. So he's, he's going to be an interesting guy. Cashman's definitely a fun player. He has good movement skills. Uh, he still struggles mentally, but that's a, he, a lot of guys are in, in college. So uh, he's looking good. So that's, that's obviously a good thing. Poole was out for one day, which was a concern, and just kind of brought – our concerns with cornerbacks even more to the forefront where you realize if he goes down, you know, it's Nickerson. If Roberts goes down, it's, it's, it's Derek Jones who was like the camp darling, but listen, we've had camp darlings before Chad Hansen, David Clowney, you know, plenty of guys who look good and then they can't produce. And he looked okay in the Patriots game, but they, they have a massive concern there. Uh, and also with that, they have a massive concern at safety that I've mentioned multiple times. And now it's you know official that Marcus May is starting camp on the PUP list. He's not going to be practicing. Uh, maybe, I don't know if he's going to do stretching or what he could actually, actually do on the PUP list. But uh, as we said before, they need a safety. They need somebody there. Uh, if Marcus May goes down, they have guys like Doug Milton, who's, who's often injured. You have Brandon Brown, who's also starting the PUP list. You have Rontes Miles, who, could, who cannot be the deep safety. There's just absolutely no way. And they need a corner as well. Uh, wide receiver is one of the concerns, but uh, not as big as those two because they have guys like Ty Montgomery who might be able to step in. And, you know, the, the, the running backs are going to replace some of the uh, receiving threats as well. So uh, are, do you have as big of a concern about safety and corner as I do, Kyle? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, just how could you not be concerned? Whenever you have seen Rontez Mile play on defense, the dude has blown so many coverages and so few reps that he's played. It's alarming. And like the quickest way to lose a football game is to blow an assignment because you know, the way that defense is set up is, Hey, listen, there's so many different areas on the field. Somebody has got to be accountable for each area. And it's all about, you know, reacting to the offense and stuff. But if you have a blown assignment where like you're supposed to have the deep half of the field and you're not there for whatever reason, you're biting on a, a dig route or something like that. And that space is just wide open. That's an easy touchdown right there. And you know, game changing touchdowns, like, you know, 70 yard touchdowns and stuff changes games. So you put a guy like there, that out there, you have to be concerned. Um, and corner, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't get to say this point before when we were recording before, but I, I'm not saying I have a specific team off the top of my head. And people were jumping on you about what you said about the Jets and possibly having the worst cornerback depth chart. There might be some teams in the NFL that have three corners that are better than the Jets' best corner. I'd have to really look at that to see if that's true, but I have no doubts that there are oh, – We can find some for sure. And then, and then the drop-off between Tremaine Johnson and, and Roberts is significant. And Poole is obviously nothing special, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he could be better than Buster Screen. And I know that you drew some comparisons between the two. And I'll, I'll go out. It's not even going out on a limb. I'll say that I really think Poole will be better than Buster Screen. But that's not saying anything. And that's not even – that's not – I mean, that's, that's more of an assumption than something that you – that's based in fact as well. And, and I think some of our Jets fandom kind of comes into play with that because – you look at Buster Screen, who wasn't good, but he also got like a six million dollar contract with the uh, Bears, where a guy like Poole got like two, three million dollars with the um, Jets. So doesn't that say a little bit about what coaches and GMs thought about their film and what they were willing to sign guys to? You know, they're both slot guys, so people automatically assume that you know Poole is going to be better than Screen. Where Poole, they're different players, but they're they're both very inconsistent with some things. Where you, I'm not sure if you watched that film review or not, Kyle, did, but yeah, uh, super inconsistent with like just just like easy things like his exit angle and a cover three where he's, you know, he's kind of more in the seam on the hash and he gets distracted by the run without gaining the necessary width that he needs because he's so concerned about the run game. Where 
especially as a corner, you need to play past the run. And uh, he needs definitely to fix some things. But he'll make some highlight plays, and then he'll blow an assignment as well. So he's kind of that, one of those players. So, like you said, the drop-off from, from Tremaine Johnson to Roberts, who's a good – I think he's a decent number four corner. Um, he was fighting for a roster spot a couple of years ago. Now he was a decent four. Now you move him to a, a, a starter. And then from Roberts to Jones to whoever else is five and six right now is a huge concern. And then you talk about safety as well. And people are saying, oh, you know, and they got on me. You know, Kyle, I, I really wish that we had prime 2015 Revis on our, on our team right now. <laughs> so that's something else somebody Steven said, if you, if you don't have the context of that, but if you don't follow me on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's definitely a concern. People are saying, "Oh, well, you know, the Jets don't. You're not building a championship team in one in one season, don't you know that?" I'm like, "No," and I know they're not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. But also, I don't think it's smart to invest so heavily in the defensive front and completely not not completely offset that with a bad secondary. But you're severely offsetting the front seven with a bad secondary. So um, it's kind of foolish to 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 not use up the talent they have in the front seven because they don't have any corners. And listen, teams are going to they're not going to be running a lot of 22 personnel versus the Jets. It's going to be empty. It's going to be 10. It's going to be 11 quick hitter passes to it to eliminate the blitz and they're going to put a lot of pressure on the, on those corners and really spread the jets out. Uh, so it's a concern. I don't want to limit the effectiveness. Like I said, of that front seven. Especially since like um, I've been hearing a lot of really smart X's and O's type of people say lately that, you know, the, the traditional philosophy of thinking of building a defense, it started, you always start with building in the trenches um, in the front seven. And then you worry about the secondary but nowadays it's more, you know, some people are flipping that and saying, you know, start with the secondary, put more money in, in, into that and, and putting more of an importance on that. And even just look at Belichick, for example, you know, he passed on giving a guy like Trey Flowers, extremely productive player, a huge contract, let him walk, let Chandler Jones walk, um, another really good player. But he gave a huge contract to Stephon Gilmore, who had a huge year last year. He had, he had actually two really good years with the Patriots. And Belichick always seems to be ahead of the curve with different things in the NFL. So I think there is some kind of um, merit to that line of thinking that the secondary could potentially be more important. Uh, I'm, obviously, they're both important and they have their own different places and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, just just something to think about. Yeah, with the way that, that teams are attacking defenses now, you definitely want to build from from the outside in. And I think they obviously go hand in hand where i rather have you know, a decent D-line and a decent secondary than a really good secondary and a bad D-line or vice versa. But um, having a really good front seven and a bad secondary um, or a bad cornerback group is is something that you do not want if I had to choose and, one or the other. Here's the thing about – just think about that for a moment. Think about how stacked defensive line is as a position group in the NFL. There are so many good defensive linemen in the NFL. Even look at the Jets. Like McClendon is a solid player. He could go to many teams and be a solid player in that role. But if you, how many really good secondaries are there? It's kind of like offensive line. Like, you know, there's a lot of really bad offensive line out there. There's a lot of really bad corners out there and stuff. So it's, it's easier to, to be good on, like, the defensive line than it is to be good in the secondary too. So, like, when you're really bad in a certain area, that's, you know, cause for concern. Yeah, I definitely. I'm, I'm gonna look that up later and see how many how many teams have three better corners than the Jets number I, one. I, I just kind of spitballed that. I mean, that I gotta look that, into that. That might be some BS, but um, <laughs> I mean, 
Tremaine I don't think Johnson. I don't think it's I don't think it's BS if if Tremaine Johnson continues to play the way he did in 2018 and brings it into 2019. I don't think that's BS. Now now if Tremaine Johnson can get more back to his form of 2015, 16, even 17 or whatever that he did with the Rams, then I think that could be you know crap. But that's not an automatic. Uh, that's all not an automatic thing. He just even in, even in can, uh, training camp today, which people are always and I, I think this is one of like the issues with with fans going all the time because and I I get they shouldn't care about like negative press and stuff like that, but. A lot of practice is used to do different things where, okay, let's say Tremaine Johnson in, in this certain set with, the, with this receiver at this spot and in this formation, he likes to jam with the right hand. But on this play, he's going to try to see what it's like to, to be a little bit softer and jam with his left hand. Then he gets burned, like in fans are tweeting all this stuff out. And it's negative press and all this stuff. Like practice is a lot to, to, uh, to try new things. But today, like they said, he's burned like by a good 10 yards by Robbie Anderson, like a 56-yard bomb touchdown from Darnold. So, uh I don't. I don't think it's automatic that he's going to be better this year. Even though I think I said it with you that I'm going to assume he's going to be maybe a little bit better just because Greg Williams is coming back. He's more of a smart player than he's a physical player, and Greg Williams' defense has a lot of traps and different things like that, um, kind of intertwined into his defense. So he's going to have to think more in this defense than he did last year. I think it's going to help, but uh, his film was not good. I just put up set. It was only 17 plays. Short review of him, but uh, it was definitely not pretty. So how bad was he in that Browns game, man? Yeah, and that Browns game, like people thought, oh, he made a great play on that. Remember that deep ball to uh, who was that? Uh, Who's a receiver that they horrible throw by Tyrod? Yeah, the the one they just they he's a rookie last year, whatever his name was. Uh, Callaway, right? Yeah, Callaway. Yeah, like the weed problem and all that stuff. Like he was burned by like five six yards, and yeah. Tyrod just lofted the ball up there. If he put it on a line, he was burned. And Jermaine Johnson, even while he was catching up, he made a mistake where. Um, you know, you when you're a corner and you're trying to catch up to your guy, you never look back at the ball because it slows you down and you don't really know where the receiver is. Uh, especially when you don't when you when you don't have that distance closing them, you want to look through and play through the receiver until you get to him. Once you get to the receiver, then you can play through the ball or look back at the ball. But even while he's catching up, he didn't have good technique. So he just uh, I don't he's know what happened. To him. Physically limited player. I mean, there's a reason why he was such a late draft pick. Was he even drafted? Was he or was he undrafted? I don't even uh, know. But it was it was very late if he was drafted. And like you could see in this film for years with the Rams, like he would always bail early when he had like cover three deep third responsibility because he he didn't want to get beat deep because he knew he was limited in speed. And like mm-hmm. you know, corner if you're a little late, you know, kind of the, the, you know if, if the saying goes, if he's even, he's leaving mm-hmm. with a wide receiver. So like he knows he's so limited that he was always willing to bail early and give up stuff underneath, but um. Yeah, it just shows like how limited he actually is as a player. Yeah, but even he and he was always a player like he would he would get he would get a uh, beat underneath all the time because of how how early he he bailed. But like even in his bailing, like when you're when you're shuffling, you don't want to allow that receiver to get into your blind spot. He he would consistently not get wide enough on the field and then let the receiver get in his blind spot so he couldn't even react to him breaking back so it would result in even bigger gains than where with the Rams it was maybe maybe three four yards where this year it was easy 10 yards so his his shuffle and his bail wasn't good uh he played so far off he does he's, he's physically limited um and, and he really consistently and it's hard people say oh well, is this coaching or is this the player I'll never know what they tell the players. I'll never know the freedom they give the players, you know, in that film room on the practice field. So I can't really tell you, but I can tell you that pressing without getting your hands on is a really bad idea. It's a really bad idea. Um, You're almost always going to be forced to open your hips when you have to open your hips. That's not a good thing. Uh, So 
he needs to fix that. He needs to get his hands on more. And if he is going to shuffle, he needs to to maintain um, that 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 kind of sight with the receiver, um, which he didn't do last year, and it drove Marcus crazy last year because we both don't like shuffling really, really at all, um, to be completely honest. So, but anything else, Kyle? Before we get into some uh, some Leonard Williams film, I think we should. I think we should get into the film. Yeah, I think we should get into the film too because we have limited time and we already wasted thirty minutes. <laughs> so. Uh, it wasn't completely wasted because it was still conversation, good conversation nonetheless. Yeah, we had a, we had a pretty good conversation about the uh, the offensive line and how much coaching really plays into factor into that position more than other positions that that you missed out on. But uh, that was a fun that was a fun conversation which we both agreed on because basically the offensive line is a string of five guys together and it, it, it co- you're coaching different ways to pick up stunts or do this combo block or whatever it may be, and you really are relying on the coaching. Let's say for your left guard or the center and the and the left tackle. Um, near you whereas if you're even a quarterback or a corner it's more just you by yourself unless obviously there's there's palm coverages and trap defenses and brackets and cover three replacement and and uh, like cover one cut and like things like that where you're relying on other secondary players to pick up certain assignments um, if if the receiver reacts a certain way but offensive line you know if I'm the left guard I really have to, to trust Kyle as this as the center you know, to pick up that the the loop where you're trying to penetrate the A gap while while the you know while the other guy penetrates through the B gap, I have, to, I have to trust him to pick that up. You know, so it's really one string of guys to work together, especially the guys next to you. So that's why like uh, continuity on the offensive line really really does matter. You want to know what the guy's going to do next to you, so you can react accordingly. Just shuffling your offensive line is really not a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, just like you know, uh, like for example, I'm reading a book about the Chiefs' 2018 offense, and just things like this is something I was reading literally yesterday. Like, you know, like little nuances, like with how things are taught within the offensive line. Like, so one of the Chiefs' like toss, crack, sweep plays, you know, like both the left tackle and the left guard are pulling, and they have different responsibilities. You know, the tackle is going to take the first guy outside the number one receiver, and then the guard has to take, you know, the first guy who would be like inside of most of that. So like, you have to like, you know, also like in the middle of a play, read the different thing of what the other offensive lineman did. And that, you know, that takes a lot of practice and a lot of good coaching and stuff to, to be able to be in sync like that. Uh, coaching is extremely important. In offensive line is the point. Especially when it's all happening. It's not like you get to watch it on film. And this is like, you get to watch it on film, but that stuff is happening within like a split second. So you really just have to naturally know what your guy is going to do instead of thinking. When you're thinking on the field, it's not good. That's why a lot of coaches, especially in lower level stuff, will really simplify stuff so you could just play without thinking. Because when you're, th- when you're thinking a lot on play, it's usually um, not a good thing. So an offensive line is absurdly. Um, you know, complex. So let's get into Leonard Williams film because, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. uh, Kyle, yeah, exactly. We could, we could literally talk this podcast for 10 hours pretty, pretty easily. I, I believe if we just got into really deep conversations about the offensive line or whatever it may be. Um, but it is three eleven. I have to go to work later. I'm sure Kyle has uh, things to do as well, yeah. but uh, Leonard Williams three tech. And this is something that we're, this is the first time I've ever done a film review with another, you know, guy of, of specific players where like Marcus Coleman, I did it during the season, but it's gonna be a little bit different. So we're going we're gonna to work this out. Me and Kyle have pretty good natural chemistry. So hopefully it works out. If not, uh, you'll never see Kyle again. So, and this is one of his biggest problems uh, on this play. He's obviously rushing the, the left guard. And one of the things I, I typically noticed on, on film was one him popping up high where you can see he's popping up high right here. 
And another mm-hmm. thing that I, that I noticed with his hands are at times they are accurate, but at other times they're not accurate. And especially when you're, when you're popping up right there, you're really relying on your hands to be able to land because if not, you're going to get caught in the chest. It's exactly what happens right here. Yep. Just like not, not timing a, a swim or an arm over well, um, you're going to get caught in the, in the chest. And on this play, uh, that's exactly what happens where he, he pops on. Once he gets in, caught in the chest, he's done. The play's over for him. Right, right here, he's, it, it's over. The guy, the guy has you, unless he's just an absolutely terrible offensive lineman. But when a guy gets those hooks into you, um, which he actually he should have actually even done better here, the offensive lineman, in my opinion, but he still is locked down. So one of his issues is inaccurate hands. We're going to show some other things. Um, but like I said before, and like we said before we started recording the, the podcast, is he still did have a very good – he still is a very good player, uh, or, or let's say a really solid player. Um, for the people who think that he was he's a draft bust, you're crazy. I think in that position, uh, going back, I would still make the pick. I think he's a borderline pro ball player, and you you should do yourself a favor and go listen to the podcast play like a Jet and Michael Mania, who's a big stats guy, and he is at like an ungodly uh, pace in terms of him getting pressures that do not convert into sacks, where it's like just completely unnatural. His numbers are way like way way out of sync as uh, typical. So you think he's going to even out, and now him coming into a system where he's going to be one gapping more, uh, and he's going to have help around him. Uh, he's going to convert some of those sacks more, especially if he has more edge pressure, which you're hoping a guy like Jakai Polite can provide him, and obviously Quinton Williams helping him a lot too. Where you might have to slide to Quinton Williams, which is going to result in him facing uh, more single teams. So. Uh, he, he he's a good player. Let's let's not let's not mistake that. But uh, this play three tech again. Uh, this play and, and it's pretty clear that he reads the running back. And at first, it looks like he's going to to two gap. And as soon as he sees that running back, you know, coming out on that swing route into the flat, he decides to to rush instead of two gapping because he no longer needs to two gap now unless he's going to like spy the quarterback, which I don't think they're going to do for uh, Matt Stafford. But as as he does that, the the center, which he shouldn't do, and this is something I've been referring to now, especially after watching a lot of Jim McNally, the center makes the mistake of of turning the tank, not just the turret here, and uh, which opens up that that uh, that a gap opposite of Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams sees that a gap, he sees this the center in the position that he is, uh, throws a throws a club into into a rip. Uh, times it pretty well as he as he clears his hips and he doesn't even get to the quarterback here. But I thought it was something nice noting, um, just the, the the club into a rip and some nice bend and power in his legs to, you know, basically hold up that offensive line. He's basically jumped on his back right here. Um, so just some power, some some good bend, some good technique here. So yeah, and I mean definitely like, of course like, it's not a sack or anything like that. But you know this. You, you don't totally know. Stafford may want to hold on to the ball for a split second, a little bit more, to maybe potentially wait for this route to open up, even though it looks like it's pretty well covered. Um, but just that little bit of pressure can disturb a quarterback, throw him off a little bit, and you know, disrupt the whole play. So, you know, doesn't really go down in the stat sheet. And I know that, you know, I know this is TOJ film room, but Joe Caparosa was really doing a lot of Leonard Williams slandering. Um, this whole past season and I think a lot of it was unfair and he would point to things like tackles and sacks and it's like come on like the game mm-hmm. is bigger than that oh yeah for sure and listen um I I try to be super honest and super unbiased uh I don't know if and this is why it's funny when like people see me put up film reviews and I'm, I, I'm always honest with a player you know listen do I want to say Brandon Shell is you know a, a fantastic right tackle yes but unfortunately his film sucks I'm not gonna lie to people 
Um, and I'm never really going to bend my opinion just because it's Joe. And I, I think that he is a guy who uh, slanders Leonard Williams a little bit too much, just like people who, people who are too high or too negative on players without – and I think Joe definitely knows what he's talking about, but it's too easy to look at a stat sheet and just assume, just like, okay, where, you know, Revis back in his day, he, didn't get, he doesn't get picks. And why doesn't he get picks? He's not a good corner. You know, Richard Sherman has better, more picks. Like, it's not yeah. it's not that simple. Um, there's so many said zero picks. Yeah, exactly. That was arguably his second best season that he ever had. Arguably. Yeah. Definitely yeah, yeah. 20, 2009, definitely the best. But, I mean, if you were just to look at that simple stat right there, I mean, that's crazy to think that he had a bad year or not a good year at all. Yeah, exactly. So this this play here, this is this is a good play of, of – this is just kind of showing the anchor that he, that he is able to – um display and it's hard to tell necessarily who's going to who is before the snap supposed to be the high leg or the or the uh the postman which it looks like just by the by the right guard the, the right guard was supposed to be um the the post but regardless i think leonard williams is he kind of feels the offensive line he feels the the combo block coming um he gets good leverage obviously he gets underneath the pads of the offensive line and he gets his hands inside tight elbows and then as he's seeing that combo ball coming you'd actually like to see him anchor down a little bit more into the ground right here and get his body lower before this even comes so it's not the best technique but he does show some some power being able to take that contact on the hip uh plant hard with that right foot and then you know easily stack uh and keep extension on that on that center uh keep his hands inside strong hands and then just continue reading to the backfield uh gore eventually does cut back on that on that inside zone and he gets in on the tackle so a good play to showing some some strength, some some leverage, some some uh, hands by by Leonard Williams. Even though the technique could have been better with taking on that combo, where you really like to see him, you know, drop this knee a little bit more and, and reduce his body and drop his body. So instead of the offensive line being able to hit his hip and and his hit the middle of his body, um, he's going to hit the shoulder picks. Like I said, you know, when you're taking on combo blocks, the offensive linemen are really going to try to hit your hips instead of your upper body. Uh, because it moves you more when you're when you're attacking that center of gravity than it is just your your upper body. Because when it's your upper body, you know you could you could take contact. You know if if, if Kyle's pushing me from the side and I can still plant my legs, I, my my upper body could could lean away. Um, where if he's attacking my hip, that's that's my base. That's my my base is going to have to move. So yeah, that's um, basic football one on one. Low man wins. They teach you that in Pop Warner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But still, uh, he still that and every and. Literally, I think I don't think there's there are very few plays like offensive linemen, corners. You can show sometimes show it or receivers. There are very few plays, especially guys who know more than I do. But there's very few plays even I uh, cannot criticize something of that play. You always do something better um, yeah. on film, unless unless you're really, like it's a really good combo block, something like that. Like yeah, you're not gonna be able to criticize it. But I'm gonna say nine times out of ten, even a good play, you can still criticize something. This is a good play, you can still criticize it, but uh, good strength, good extension, good hands, good leverage by Leonard Williams first taking on that that first combo blocker. So um, let's go to the next play. Yeah, there's always room for improvement, especially and, – and the thing about Leo is he's 6'5", yeah. which is pretty good height for a defensive lineman. And But the thing is, is he needs to work – and I'm sure his coaches get on him about this a lot, but sometimes it's hard to break habits. You need to get lower when you are taller because – it's that much easier for an offensive lineman to get under you when you are taller. You know, someone like John Randall, you know, or, uh, you know, Geno Atkins or um, even Aaron Donald, they're shorter guys. So it's and, – and that's part of the reason why they're so good. Like, yes, like they, they – especially like, you know, Geno Atkins, I don't think he's got great length. 
Like that's one thing that works against them is generally when you are shorter, you have, you have uh, less length, but there is something to be said for being a short squatty person. It's good because it helps you keep, you know, stay low. So I yeah. mean, that Leonard does have a good height. He needs to work extra hard to stay low. Yeah, um, for sure. And that was a, one of the problems in his first couple of years where I think he's improved that a little bit and, and playing lower um, on this play, you see him taking on the the right guard again with with tight elbows. He gets his hands inside first, um, which Schultz number seventy seven back. He's able to get extension read into the into the backfield. And as he feels or as he sees uh, Gore, you know, cutting into a nearby gap, he's able to, um, you know, basically you know sidestep number seventy seven while pulling him the opposite direction and get on the tackle um, and. It's a it's a combo tackle. There's a, there's a bunch of guys here, but it's it's a good it's it's good in terms of him being responsible for multiple gaps here as well, where he's not just trying to crash the A gap or the or the B gap. Where listen, people, oh well, why didn't he go inside quicker here? Listen, if he goes inside quicker here, uh, and Gore's able to bounce outside while this guy is kicked out, that's a big gain right there. So this is a good oh, yeah. good job of discipline here from from Leonard Williams and being able to make the tackle. So, by the way, thought just came to my mind, but um. <laughs> You know, I think Leonard Williams is actually – not that this is a super important thing for a defensive line, but it is. I think he's a really good tackler. Like, when do you see him try to arm tackle someone and the running back escapes from his arms? Like, usually, like, he's able to lock – once he can get his hands on a running back, he locks on them and they don't get away. You know, I, and, I, and I agree with that. Um, and that's something that people don't think about a lot, but being a good tackler matters. Uh, obviously, defensive line has a little bit of advantage because they have more strength and, and more weight behind their tackle, but – you're, you are correct in the fact that he does. Uh, he doesn't really miss tackles. Uh, I've never really seen. I don't remember the last tackle he's missed. To be completely honest, it's actually a really good point. So, um, touche. But on this play, by the way, seventy-seven is so bad for the Dolphins. <laughs> seventy-seven, it's horrible. I, I don't know who this guy is, but I think he also played some tackle in the later game against the Dolphins, where Jordan Jenkins abused him in that game. Where we're going to get into a little later. Yeah, this is not this is not good patience by him because he's he's the he's the post as Juwan James is is the uh, is the the high leg and he's supposed to help him get position on on uh, Leonard Williams, but he kind of he opens up his hips too early. He's not really ready for um, Leonard Williams, which Leonard Williams does a good job and and that's what they say, denting the post and he, he and he dents the the post right there. Um, is able to get that extension as well and and get right off of him pretty pretty easily. Um, just by literally running by him. And this is just effort and hustle. And this, this is, I, I put this play up because I heard some people say that he doesn't give full effort, which listen, I don't know if people know how hard defensive line is. I think it's in terms of physically tasking on a guy. It's the hardest position in the NFL. Um, there are going to be some plays you're going to take off a play. Maybe not completely, but you're not going 100% on every play. It's, it's literally impossible. So, um, but nice play him denting the post here. Uh, shedding the block, he chases down uh, 15 and actually lays a pretty, pretty big shot on the sideline, which I always uh, like to see that because he 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 ragdolls uh, 15, which is Grant. Is that is that Grant? No, 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 it's not Grant. That's uh, Wilson, Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson. Okay, yeah, he uh, he launches him a good four or five yards right there out of bounds. So yeah, doesn't this play remind you of the Quinn and Williams play against LSU where he chased yeah. uh, running back to the sideline? Yeah. No. And they're, and they're good friends, Leo and Q. They were even before, you know, the draft, which is pretty cool. But that play is is a lot of – just the way that he chased him down to the sideline kind of shades of that Q Williams play. So Yeah, so 
And it's funny too, because like usually I'll pause it, you know, uh, get my collective mind together and, and look at some plays. I think with how the show is going to go, I think I think we're just going to kind of watch these on the fly right here. I'm not going to have any background of um, what's going to be going on. Um, Leonard Williams on here, the, the, the right tackle, which is Juwan James, who is just paid pretty highly by the Broncos, um, goes to, to block down um, as the – Dolphins run this. Looks like a, it's like a toss sweep right here. And um, Leonard Williams does a good job with, on this one as well with getting hands inside, uh, which he, I think he has improved on right here, which hands inside low man are really, really important for offensive, defensive line, really anything right here. So when you're able to get those, those elbows tight um, and extension and a little chop up here as well. So as, as he gets those hands inside, he extends – the only point of contact is that left arm of Juwan James, and he comes up with that left hand right there to chop it away. It almost looks like karate to break that only contact point and run right underneath him, chases down the play, uh, gets in on the tackle of, uh, of the running back here. So nice play, nice athleticism, nice, nice hands, uh, technique. You know, By the way, why would, you, why would you say that um, keeping your hands inside is for, is for a more effective punch than if they were more outside? That's that's your body mass. If you're if if you're trying to really move something, you want to move it by that by that center of of gravity. Pushing shoulders doesn't really move um, guys like you know the the center of their of their mass does. It's kind of like just with the hips, you want to be able to control the the chest because. And just think about it in terms of how tight your arms are as well. Where if you're trying to push something really heavy, if you are watching the video, your elbows being tight and locked, you could push something a lot a lot better with your arm with your arms tight because it's it's exactly. it's just more natural where if your arms are wide you cannot you cannot produce a lot of a lot of strength with your hands wide like this as your elbows tight and locked it's just it's it's it's, it's impossible you, you're never going to be able to do that even if the guy is a lot stronger than you the guy with inside hands um and low hands is going is going to to win nine times out of ten unless the guy is just an absolute you know, pansy and other guys strong, you know, but uh, like I said, controlling that chest and then chopping up is, is really, really good right there. And the, and the chase down some athleticism there from, from Leonard Williams. So um, moving on to the next play, we have a lot of plays coming. Like I said, we have 40 of Leonard Williams. We have about 20 something of Jordan Jenkins. So we're going to run through some plays here. Uh, I think Kyle needs to do more shows of this. It is fun to be able to bounce some things off and talk some things out where I'm by myself. I'm like, uh, so this next play, I have to like kind of watch it where I could kind of talk to you as I'm watching it. Um, and this play, man, you watch, you, you watch this play and uh, it doesn't, it, it, it seems like he was going to attack the A gap. This looks like more of a one gapping role for Leonard Williams as a guy and, and McClendon looks like he's two gapping. Um, and this is just some athleticism. You talk about the right guard not being good right here. And this is not a good play by him with those late hands. He's not really reacting well, but, uh, just some athleticism from, from Leo with the, with the uh, that like club and partial rip, where he kind of just wipes away that arm and then is able to dive and make a tackle. This is if you watch this, even though the guard is not good, that is he's three hundred pounds. Let's let's remember that on this play. So um, nice play looking uh, or nice looking play here, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. Looks pretty nimble right there. Um, all right, let's go on to the next one. Play number eight. Okay, uh, lack plan. Um, let's see what this one is. So. And this was some of his issue as well, where sometimes and I, I think I know what's going to happen here before I even play it. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not pausing. I'm not watching the film before. So uh, one of his issues that I had with his game is sometimes he kind of just, he kind of just ducks his head in, into guys and he doesn't really try to defeat the hands. 
um, where he kind of just he'll, he'll lean into a guy before defeating those hands. And obviously for any rusher, you want to defeat the hands for, for the most part, especially if you're pass rushing. Now, if you are going to, going to run uh if you're going to play the run game controlling the chest is, is very important but pass rushing the hands are the first thing you want to defeat and i thought leonard williams too frequently in his film he kind of just ran into guys uh without really trying to defeat those hands first and you know getting extension and then maybe uh, throwing a you know a chop or, or a rip um is something you can do but too frequently his film just kind of looked like uh not too frequently but at, at times his film did look like this where he kind of just ran into guys without really any any pass rush plan um which is what happens right there and i like leonard williams all over the line i do not like him as like a wide five like oh, yeah. this this is this is too wide for leonard williams to be effective you know um put him to, inside to be honest like i was thinking and Bowles played leo uh, especially early on during his rookie year 2015 leo yeah. played a lot of one tech and that might be his best spot on the line to be honest yeah, I think zero. I think I think zero to three is definitely his his best yeah. his best spots um, out there is not. And, and like, w- would you consider? I mean, it's not really any type of move, but you'd consider this to be mo- mostly like a bull rush, right? Yeah, or at least at least the bull rusher is trying to pop the guy up and, and trying to throw into a secondary move. But um, yeah. it's just it's it's his. He wins more with athleticism on the inside, and exactly. if you're going against tackles on the outside. That athleticism is a little bit negated because. Um, one, you're farther away, and two tackles are more athletic typically than centers and guards. Um, so it's I don't like him outside like this, but I I did feel that he had a he had a lack of a plan here, which you're going to see a couple times in this film review. Um, like I said, there are going to be good plays, there are going to be bad plays. More of it's good. Like I said, uh, he's a good player. Uh, you can't right. just look at stats, you know. Yeah, and I wanted to comment on that. Like, you, but That's the right. thing is, like, when you when you do like a, a bull or a quasi bull move, like you're winning with that's a speed to power thing. And, like, you look at guys like Bradley Chubb, Khalil Mack, they win speed to power. And, like, Leo, he didn't have good 40, didn't have good jumps. Like, he, like, while, like, decently athletic, explosive is yeah. a word that I would use to define him. So that's just not how he wins. So sometimes, like, you know, having a plan is also knowing what works for you mm-hmm. and, and utilizing that. But, and I think that, yeah, so – him also being out there is just not um not his thing. And this but. is where you talk about him being inside of one tech um right here and uh, again it's almost for the most part you could you could assume I'm I'm 95% sure on a lot of things I I, I say I wouldn't say it if I wasn't here it looks like he's just responsible for for the B gap um unless he knew the zone was coming to that side which which in gun one of the things that it kind of limits in the run game is where you could run the ball. Exactly. Obviously you're not running to the ball to the left side right here unless it's unless it's like a sprint draw. Um, but typically for zones and a team that was more heavy in zone with the, with the dolphins, when they're lined up like this, the runs either going to the inside by Leo or to the left of Leo, but it looks like he was responsible for just the a gap right here. And he, he anticipates, um, or he sees that, that right foot coming out a quick uh, club arm over right there and literally throwing the, (laughs) the, uh, the freaking yeah, center looks like he's on all fours. He looks like he's a freaking do- trying to act like a dog right here. He almost literally puts his face plants into the ground because of how how quick Leo was here with the, with the club arm over, and then with that being able to chase down the running back and make the tackle in the backfield. That's and, a super athletic play right there. And then notice the little subtlety too, where Leo puts his right arm on the guard to keep himself balanced to keep himself away from the guard too. Yeah, he chop he chops him away, and that 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 helps him. 
um, in terms of his momentum, obviously, where if that guard wasn't there, he doesn't have that like contact point to push against. So he kind of pushes against that with his elbow as well and keeps himself clean. So uh, good job by Leonard Williams. And that chase down's nice, man. And then good, good like tackling he, for him. He, 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 when he gets his hands on running back, they're not getting away. Quarterback, no, he has strong hands. Yeah. Strong hands. You see a lot of this too, where he he's a, he's a he's a, one of those big tacklers where he likes to wrap you up and then and then spin you around while while dragging you down with his weight. So, uh, good play by good play by him for for sure right there. Um, let's look at the next play, and this is one I labeled Leonard Williams power. Mersta um, Browns. He is the. You know what's the most annoying thing on Zoom is it's moving this little window around. I wish I could just completely minimize our window. Yeah, I had to do that just before too. Oh, actually, I can't. I just figured out I can, and it just says talking Joe Blue or talking Kyle Smith now. Okay, that's awesome. Sometimes it blocks my view. Um, so this time right here, he is lined I don't up. Want to do that because I want to see your face. Ah, well, I don't want to see yours. <laughs> <laughs> so five tech left side um, right here. I actually had somebody like criticize that a little bit too, where people are like, oh, I wish you could like do boxes around the guys, and I could do boxes around the guys, or even put arrows on the guys. But to be completely honest, um, in my thinking is that limits the time that takes more time to record plays doing that. And it limits the film review I could do. So I'd rather do a ton of film reviews and do the production I've been doing than do lesser film reviews and do better production in terms of like, you know, uh, highlighting the guy or putting a box around him. Yeah. That takes a lot more uh, production type work, which I'm not really interested in to be yeah, clear. You know honest. your process better than anyone else. And anyone who's a true film grinder, I mean, come on, like, it's not hard to find where Leonard Williams is on the field. Do you really need like a, especially when I say five tech left side, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> If you've been watching long That's enough, it's just lazy on the other person's part. Like you're putting out all this film, all these hours you spend on it. This person can't even locate where the guy is on the field. <laughs> right? Do some work, man. Um, so five, five tech, you know, lined up in that in that C gap. Uh, takes a couple steps, you know, up upfield on that C gap. Eventually rushes against the the uh, right guard instead of the right tackle. And this is a, a, again, I would like to see him keep his head a little bit more out of place. Um, keep his head a little bit more up at times this, where he does. Is this Zeitler, by the way? Uh, is 70, number 70 I, on the Browns, Zeitler? Google it. Pro- probably not. I think, I think the left guard is because he's got a captain's patch. So, Oh, good observation. I don't know who 70 is. Uh, but, like I said, I like to keep, keep his head a little bit out of, more out of this. But he still is able to get those elbows tight. You can see him lift. Um, you, you can literally see him lift him off the ground right here for, for a split second. So he gets under his pads right here. And like I said, there's, there's that lift, there's the push, um, still a little high though. Yeah, he's, he's still, he's definitely, he's definitely is a little, a little bit high, um, here. And you, and you see that where he does play a little bit higher. If guys are able to get under his pads, um, he can be screwed a little bit, but the fact that he's high, but then he's able to lift after it. And get his hands in size is what wins him this this rep. And like you said, there's or like I said, there's always things you can improve on. So I like to see him get a little bit lower into this and keep his head out of it. But uh, he's able to lift, like I said, lifting him off the ground, get that extension, and then almost he almost gets a tackle here on freaking. This is actually that's one of those examples where you talk about he he does not get his tackles broken a lot right here, but he just gets a hand on his by on Tyrod's bicep as he's running away from him. So I'm not going to really blame that too much on him. I wouldn't um, either. No. I, I, it is hard to a, a, a shifty, nimble quarterback in open space playing defensive line. It is hard to get to those guys sometimes. And like you know, he just he just got done destroying a guard and disengaging from that. So that's I, you can't knock him for that. And you right figure there. too, like to be completely honest, you talk about like just his the body is 
that that glove that's made of that material against something like wet like Tyrod's arm most likely is, that's not easy to to grab. Uh, it's not like a lack of strength right here. I think his hand just slips off him. Tyrod goes for a, a bigger uh, rush right there, but still some power um, shown by by Leonard Williams. Um, let's see the next play where he just misses a sack uh, on Tyrod again, which, like I said before, I wish for in that moment that Tyrod stayed in the game, uh, but in the long run it resulted in us getting uh, – Quinn Williams most likely, so I'm happy that Baker Mayfield yeah, beat the on, Jets. <laughs> so, so am I. And that's what I was trying to say to all these non-tanker people. Come on, man. Yeah, no, it's – during the game, you, you want them to win a little bit when your fandom comes into it, especially you have, like, Browns fans talking crap, uh, which Browns fans are one of the most cocky fan bases in the NFL now, which is kind really? of ridiculous. Oh, dude, you haven't been on Twitter a lot. They are super cocky. You know there's another fan base I've come to hate? Um, Browns fans, Vikings fans are talk a lot of game for a team who is supposed to be like Super Bowl contenders going seven, eight, and one and missing the playoffs. But hey, that's beyond me. Um, so yeah, Vikings fans are a strange bunch. Yeah, I'm not, not a big fan. Um, here again, and this is another play where you, you could you could tell he's he's reading that run first as as he stacks number 70 right here, who I'm not sure what he what his name is. Uh, but again, with this play, is hand, hands inside right here, which it's that number 70 definitely could have played it better where I like to see some better footwork in him, not, not jump onto Leonard Williams without his hands ready to shoot into his chest. You don't necessarily want to see that, but Leonard Williams gets his hands inside, is able to to stack him, read that it's a, a pass. And then he, he, as, as he kind of extends and gets his hips even with, which is a big thing with like receivers and corners, getting your hips even as you go to throw moves is important because if you're throwing a move with, with the, with your hips, not even, it's not as effective where if your hips are, are even, um, and you can kind of create space of your hips. Um, that's what you, kind of what you need to do, I, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but good timing so of – your hips even, you're already kind of – You're fighting more against the arms, not the body, not the whole body. If, if, I, if I have my hips in front of you and covering that gap or whatever I'm trying to do, you have to work through my full body, where if your hips are, are even with the guy, it's, it's much more arms than it is full body. So now he's just working against the, the arms right here. It's not really the legs, as you can see. Um, yeah. Good timing of that of that rip right here. And listen, the the offensive lineman. It looks like he's trying to um, like like definitely I, a hold. I can't I can't tell where his his back arm is, but it looks like he's trying to wrench him. Which wrenching him is basically when a guy does try to rip you like that, you're going to place that that right arm in this situation in this situation on his chest, and then your uh, your left hand in this situation should go on the the hip, the near hip of Leonard Williams, and you're almost trying to to turn him back inside and kind of, kind of like like push, push him, uh, almost like spin him, which it looks like he might be trying to do. But it, it definitely is a hold, and he he shows some good fire right here holding that rip and another really close near miss sack, which like you're going to blame him for this because Tyrod was able to step up and move away from this. You know, if he had more help right here, maybe he gets that sack, but I'm still going to give him a plus on that play. Yeah, really good bend too. He kept working the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like right. When yeah. You do when in practice, there's always bending the hoops. Like literally like coaches, when I played football, would put hula hoops on the ground and you had to bend around the hula hoop, which is drills that you learn, you know, because it's going around the arc. And that was really, it was pretty impressive right there because at a point it did look like the offensive lineman recovered well when, like you said, he was using the wrench technique, but Leo kept bending and kept working. And as a defensive lineman, you got to be relentless. Yeah, no, he he shows good effort. I don't I don't like the whole. Um, he doesn't show a lot of effort right here. Like even even on this play, like this is a play where in the stat sheet this doesn't go down as a tackle, but you 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 see him 
um, whether it be the, the, the post or the highlight, which this looks like the post again, he's taking on the post. Um, yeah. Again on this play. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hands inside, as you could see, you know, that the left guard is trying to, you know, basically chip him, but keep his hips square to move up to, to uh, Darren Lee on this run. He dents the, the post, gets his hands inside, and is able to bull rush him backwards right into the running back. The running back, you know, has is basically in oh shit mode, has to cut away from him. Oh, yeah. Leonard Williams gets his hands on him. He wraps him up right here. He's most way. likely going to going to tackle him, but he ends up tripping. You know, is that is that his fault that he tripped right here and he couldn't maintain his his, his balance because he had he had a guy on him and he trips, you know. So this is a good play that does not go down Leo in the made that play. Leo made that play. I mean, I know that what was it, Claiborne or whoever came in there? Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Claiborne just made a tackle. Leo mm. blew up to play. And really good job with Leo's elbows right there. They were so tight to his body. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely a, uh, a fun player to watch. Like I said, that's, 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 that's a play right there. It's an example that um, he just, just <laughs> kind of circumstances, you know. And on, on this play, this is definitely a play where, regardless, I'm not going to go through this play on everybody's gap assignments here, but it looks like, again, Leonard Williams – is it, it, he has some uh, kind of like almost like a little exchange right here with with uh, with uh, Williamson where Williamson looks like he's going to go into the B gap and uh, Leonard Williams who's lined up in the B gap is going, going to go to the A gap so a little bit of a gap exchange right here and Leonard Williams again with with that right guard anticipating contact quickly ducks his head right here on um, which you don't want to see and also with the right guard you see that, that wind up with that left arm that's something you don't yeah. want to see either um, but Leonard Williams quick club arm over or Kind of a club. I can't really tell what that left arm does. If you want to call that an arm over, almost like an ice pick, actually. It might be some kind of rip. Yeah, but and, tell with the goalpost. and it ends up looking almost like an ice pick, where he's like kind of propelling himself off the off the back of a guy right yeah. that like that. But this is a play again. So really good play by Leonard Williams. Quick, uh, quick club. Um, gets inside with, with using using that uh horizontal agility right here, lateral agility. And he's going to make the tackle, but guess what? He didn't have help from the edge right here, so the guy outruns him to the edge, and the guy you know runs in for for a touchdown. Where if he has some help right here, maybe he makes a tackle. So another play, exactly. So another play that he makes that he's not assisted by really anybody else, and it leads to a touchdown. It's really good play by um, you know Leonard Williams. So oh, but he didn't get a tackle. There is tackles weren't good, so not a good player. No, not that's not a good play by Leonard Williams. And it's funny. I've 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 talked about this to you before. I'm not sure if I've mentioned on the show with you, but there's literally been plays where like of Blake Cash. I think it was Blake Cashman where I showed a, a play of him missing a tackle, and then somebody else tackles him a yard more down the field. Like, oh, well, what does it matter? You know, the, the tackle was made a yard down the field. I'm like, dude, I'm reviewing Blake Cashman film. He missed a tackle. Like, like come on, like, come on. I know you're a biased Jets fan, but he missed a tackle. I'm going to knock him for this. I'm not gonna say, oh well, yeah, he missed a tackle, but guess what? Uh, somebody else tackle them, or hey, you know what? And like, what if? All right, take for example, like it was the goal line right there. What if Blake Cashman uh, missed the tackle on the goal line, and then the running back got one extra yard, but it was a touchdown? Yeah. Come on, like, don't it, have- it's just. And this is why stats come into play. Okay, like with, with quarterbacks, interceptions, interception that that uh, Darnold threw versus the Vikings, where Darnold. Uh, hit Tron Pika in the chest on a slant route. The ball pops up because Pika hit him in the body, and it goes for an interception. Statue when was this? Intercept- uh, I, I, can, I, I can pull up the play if you really want me to. No, no, it's okay. I just don't remember this play. Hold on. Well, now, now, uh, I'm going to bring it up. You know, <laughs> you a- can't say that. And be like, you know, hold on. It was in the seventies. Pika is a garbage receiver, man. I know he's like decent at special teams, but man, he sucks as a receiver. Yeah, I know. I like, well, it's like interception, not his fault, or something like that. I I had to have. Uh, 
let me just give me two seconds here. Uh, man. This wasn't preseason, was it? No, it was a Vic- it was a Vikings game, so we didn't play the wow. we okay. didn't play the Vikings. Um, uh, oh, damn, yeah, blowing out that game. Oh yeah, we did, and, and it was actually close in the in the first half of of that game. Yeah, um, it was. Which, by the way, did you ever get a chance to to watch that uh, game against or, or the Donald Review? I don't know if you ever if you ever did. I have not watched the Donald Review. That is a damn like, shame, Kyle Smith. I, you know, I. <laughs> Listen, it's all about priorities. I, I feel like I already have like a decent understanding of Darnold and stuff. So, like, for example, I watched Pool recently, Osemily. Uh, My stuff or on your own? I'm saying your stuff. Oh, okay, okay. And those, to me, were higher priorities because I didn't know nothing about Pool. I didn't know nothing about Montgomery. I got you. No. So I wanted to watch those before watching something like Darnold, even though Darnold would obviously be more interesting and, and such. Plus, I've also been, you know, studying some other teams and stuff. Because, like, I, you know, thanks to you and stuff, I already have, like, a good understanding of a lot of the Jets players and scheme and stuff. And I, you got – you're some kind of masochist or something like that. For you to keep watching this Bulls era film, I don't know how you do it, man. But uh, – I'm not going to be able to find this play, apparently. It, it's okay. We could just move on. But, like, I've also been studying a little bit of the Rams offense and some of the Chiefs offense, too. And probably after that, I'm probably going to start some a uh, little bit of Oklahoma. So – um, I, I probably will watch the Darnold stuff at some point because I really would like to get um, a much more in-depth uh, take from you on some of that stuff and more depth than you did before. But like I said, I already have kind of a decently good understanding of that stuff. This so is super um, frustrating that I cannot find this because I thought okay. I labeled I it better. You. Once you, once you Whatever. Said, once you said Vikings, that kind, I, I think Trey Waynes might have even got the pick. Does that ring a bell? I think that, I think so. Okay, because I kind of remember that now a little bit. Okay, well, when you know what, Kyle, I shouldn't even try to find it for you. You should have uh, been more responsible and watch my Sam Donald review already, and you would have seen it. So it's, uh, I guess it is, it is your fault. So whatever, I'm going to blame on you. I, I, okay, I, I can take that. I mean, here I am promoting your show and telling everybody that they should watch <laughs> it and support you, and I didn't even watch the Donald. So. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, so again, uh, you have Leonard Williams here on this play, uh, three technique on, on the right side. Uh, just got to label it so you people can find it again. And he does, he's, he's been doing, he's doing a good job uh, this season in terms of avoiding two blockers and just, and it kind of flowing with the play and, and understanding um, his gap responsibilities and, um, you know, et cetera. Right here, it looks like, again, he's, he's two gapping. And instead of taking the combo block on from 78, he kind of just reacts with number uh, 60, the right guard right here, gets his hands inside again, reads that it's not a run. And as soon as he reads it's not a run, he sees the quarterback still over the ball. Um, he's able to, like I said, with those hands inside, as number 60 is trying to reset, just use a lateral, uh, you know, lateral movement to his right side and, and rip him into, again, another arm over um, and get right past 60 right here. Uh, Bortles has to pull the, pull the ball down because nothing's open, and he gets a sack right here. So a beautiful play. Yeah. It really is because it's, it's the read. It's the correct read. Um, avoiding the double, um, you know, using his momentum to, you know, rock the guard the one way, then throw him off and then finish with the arm over. And then obviously it's a really impressive legal sack, I might add. Hit. It's not too many areas where you can hit the quarterback legally now. And, you know, he hit him right in the, the sweet spot, not too low, not too high. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I paused it. And what ended up happening is because I'm super – um, stubborn. I had to find this uh, play. So Kyle actually pulled up his screen and found it on YouTube from the last show. So this is where you could see it. So Kyle, if you want to play that, 
because this is what I was talking about. For my computer's being a little stupid right now. Is it full screen for you? It's I, I can see it on like YouTube. Okay, so, so you just gotta rewind it like literally like a quarter of a second. Okay. So yeah, this is this is what I was talking about. So you have the uh, the reference that I was uh, doing. I don't know what the conversation was. Oh yeah, but like this. Okay, now stats wise, interception for Donald. Is this Donald's fault that here that he fit that into that window? It hits peak in the chest. It pops up and it's interception for Trey Wayne. That's a bad play by Donald, right? You know, it's like this is where you have to consider stats and you don't really know the context of the situation. Now, if a, if a, if a receiver burns a, a corner, bad play by the corner, but if the receiver drops it, it's an incompletion. So is that a good play for the corner now? You know, so like obviously that's really simplistic terms, but that, you just have to think about this stuff when you review stats. You know, this is an interception for Donald. Yeah, he had 15 interceptions or 14 interceptions, but look at one of his interceptions, you know. So um, this is what I was talking about, though. I just don't know why I couldn't find it. What, what does that say on the top? 76? uh where so no i i got it i i can see it you can and you can end your screen okay watch because now, uh, now i can see it because it always says on the top donald uh something so okay um i'm why don't you share so it ends mine i don't know how to do that from this screen to be completely honest there you uh, uh, let me click stop share there we go there you go so how what you screwed me all up here Kyle, we're never having you on the show again. It just is what it is. <laughs> I, hey, I stopped to share you, man. You're, you're the host. Like, no, it's okay. I think I could block that. I found your play for you. How does that sound? No, look, I found it. I'm going to edit that out now. Because um, I found it first. I don't, oh. Actually, I don't think I can. I don't, I don't know how to edit out Zoom, to be completely honest. But like I said, this is the play I was looking for on my friggin' screen. But uh, yeah, hey, bad play by Donald Scrum. So pulling up some more Leonard Williams film. You just got to give me a second to get back to it. But Hey, this is why I do it with two people's fun. You got to have some conversations instead of talking to a brick wall all the time in my basement by myself. <laughs> so uh, next play, play number 15. We got a rocking chair. Yeah, I'm not. The rocking chair is never going away. Um, so next play by Leonard Williams. We got we to gotta start running through these, these plays. We gotta, this is, I knew this, this, could, this could happen. Um, where is he? He's at the he's – he's a four tech right there on the, on the right side. And this is really um, – it's a, it's a good play again. It's a simple play. Um, inside zone, tight zone by the uh, Jaguars. And he is, again, like I said, a four-tick on the right side. He gets his hands inside. He stays low. You'd see his hand inside of the um, offensive uh, or the right tackle. And gets extension, reads the play. And as he gets that extension, he converts two hands to one hand to kind of like long-arm him here. Or even like you can call this an inside pillar. I would call this more of an inside pillar where – you're you're actually well i guess more of like an it's well no it's like an inside it's inside pillar i've explained it before to people but you have that you have the the pressure kind of generated off of that off of that inside foot off the instep as you're extending with that uh outside arm so that's an inside pillar now if he's going to the outside do the same thing i call that more of an outside pillar some people call it long arm people have different terminology but a good technique here to convert two hands to one hand while while kind of scraping down the line of scrimmage right here um, while avoiding a block to make a tackle on third and one for the stuff. So another really good play. And doing that has two benefits, really. And the one is that, you know, it helps keep him at a distance because, like you said, one arm longer than two. But also it frees up his right arm, which then gives him the ability to then wrap the running back with the right arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, free, it frees the arm. That's, that's the most important piece of that, where, where he frees the arm up to make that tackle. And he's strong enough um, to make that tackle with that. Um, you know, with that one arm. So it is important. You could, you could straight down on a scrimmage, but if you don't have an arm free to make a tackle, it's not going to really matter. You know, you could bump a guy maybe, but um, so this is another good play by Leonard Williams right here where he is 
Um, the the two I, some people call that a loose three. It depends, like I said, terminology. We'll call it right now uh, a, a two I. And this is one of those plays where he has more some accurate hands. Some people call that a loose three. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. So some people label it where like, and it, this gets like super into it. It would be like zero. I mean, some people call that a one. I know that. Some people call it a one. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Did I say a loose? I, I didn't, did I say loose three? I'm in a loose one. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, some people go like zero. Some people go like zero, one. Maybe like more like right here in the middle of these guys, it'd be more like a loose one. And then you have the two the, uh, the I, but I'm, I'm saying this is a two I. So um, yeah, I didn't mean to say loose three. That, that's my mistake. But yeah, I uh, like, you're the one who introduced me to two I and I, I like that way of, of labeling it more. I think it gives you more. I even like, I, I started throwing the loose techniques into there as well, because let's say Leonard, Leonard Williams hat is right in the middle of these guys. He's not really a, a typical one where he's a little bit tighter. Um, and he's not really a two I because he's in the middle of those guys. So when, when he's more of in the middle of those guys, I refer to him more of a, more of a, of a loose, of a loose one, um, which I kind of adopted recently as well. But uh, on this play to uh, the, uh, the two I, and this is a play where he's kind of high again, where he's really, you know, trusting those hands to, to win. Cause if they don't, um, he's going to get, he's basically screwed right here um, as the center is, is reading Lee. And reading that side of the field, Leonard Williams defeats the both of the arms with that double swipe of the of the right guard, which brings him right into contact with the center. He's able again to get his hands inside and kind of he like fork. It looks like he forklifts that 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 yeah. uh, that left or the right arm of the um, of the center, and that's how he clears him. And he almost throws like another like little ice pick right there um, and get by him. And he fights through two blocks and again. He gets his arms on the, the quarterback, but the quarterback kind of just he th- throws the ball away. Case Keenum as he's uh, getting tackled by 51. Oh, this is another view. So you can see the you can see the the the, uh, the forklift right there. You see that left arm coming against the right arm and lift his hand off of a, of that contact point. Uh, good play by Leonard Williams. He just misses the sack though, you know. So, by the way, I started working in a warehouse this summer for a summer job, <laughs> at Amazon, and like I'm driving like machines like they have forklifts and stuff, and. Yeah, Do you think about that frequently when you're using a forklift? Like, oh, I want to watch football right now. I, I wouldn't say frequently, but it's crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, but the concept of a forklift, if you don't really know, is, you know, it gets under something and then lifts it. So, like, you know, getting under the arms and then lifting it up. Mm-hmm. These terms just don't come out of nowhere. They, they... There are some ones that are weird, like the, uh, the thing I've like, learned about recently, like the, the, uh, the cuff technique where basically if a – um, if you're getting bull rush low by where the hands are low of a defensive lineman for the offensive lineman, you kind of you turn your arms in and then you drop your elbows on the low bull rush, and they call that a, a cuff technique, which kind it's of like your, your hand, your handcuffed. You're a cop, man. Come on, you're locking in his hands. I guess I don't know. There's some weird like, ones. I'll, I'll, think, think about like what, what a guy's hands look like when they're cuffed. They're like at like that. Yeah, well, you're, you're kind of. Like I get you are locking his. You're locking his yeah. hands together and creating. Okay, so why is an ice pick called an ice pick then? I don't know. Okay, I, know. I could definitely find some weird ones for you, <laughs> like uh, you know, like a scooch technique. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. But there's definitely some. Uh, or if you really want to get weird, like okay, why is a sale concept called a sale, or a wolf called a wolf, or a dog called a dog, or a spot called a you know so. You will not win on that one. Uh, so here, let's go to the next one. Um, this seemed like a three-hour show. So uh, right guard versus Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, the three-tech. And again, hands inside. I would like to see him keep his head more out of, out of plays a little bit to keep his eyes up. He does duck his head a little bit too much into this one. And he's not necessarily too low. But again, the, the, right, ta- or the, the, uh, the right guard, look how wide his, his arms are coming. He's really not ever trying to get into the chest. So Leonard Williams is able to control the chest. 
um, read the, the, the running back and he is the, the, no, the right guard again, doesn't have really good position on him. And Leonard Williams reads it the whole way as the running back closes ground, which is Lindsley. Um, he just plants hard off of that left foot right there uh, paired with a, with that arm over and makes a tackle. So bad job by the right guard, but good job with Leonard was a hand placement, reading the, the play and able to, to stop quickly um, and kind of show some, sh- a little like a, uh, kind of short area quickness and ex- explosiveness in that short area to, to make that tackle. So, Yeah, and I, I like how he really shifts his body around. Like, this takes some core strength right here to mm-hmm. be moving that much laterally and then turn your body that quickly to square up to make the tackle. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's good, like good fluidity with, the, with his hips um, on that play. So next play, uh, bull, bull into sack. So let's see where he is. Jets are running uh, – they're running – this is what they call the radar defense where nobody's with their hand in the dirt here and everybody's kind of walking around. you kind of really hard for any quarterback. Rex Ryan liked to do this crap a lot. Who did? Rex Ryan did this stuff a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is another one where, again, I don't really love him rushing from, from wide like this standing up, but it is a part of the radar defense. They're trying to confuse um, only sending – they're setting four guys, so people refer to this more of – you can call this a creeper blitz as well, paired with the radar with the creeper blitz. You're only really setting three or four guys, but some it's from unconventional areas. So uh, creeper blitz with the radar. And Leonard Williams uh, on the outside, he doesn't really – you can see him miss with that with that outside arm, so he, he gets caught with the hands right here of the, uh, of the right tackle, but he is, again, able to get his hands inside. And it looks like with the – the right arm, he wipes that away right there, the, the inside arm of the tackle, eliminating another contact point, which after that, then he leans more into him to, to bull, and he just he just continues to, to bull him in uh, to the quarterback, which eventually steps up into him, and, and he gets a sack right here. So uh, good play by Leonard Williams. You know, recovery, uh, secondary move with that bull rush when he initially tried to double swipe, but didn't necessarily land as well as he wanted to. So good hand fighting, good bull rush, uh, good sack. Oh, yeah, definitely. This 77 is also really bad, too. Stop, stop blowing up Leonard Williams' spot here, Kyle. <laughs> I'm just trying to say it, but there's a lot of bad offensive line play in the league. This, is, this oh, goes back to my point that the defensive line is so much better than offensive line play. Yeah, and here you see more of an like, exotic type of T, TE stunt right here where you have um, – you have – Obviously, they're both lined up as five techs, which is super. Yeah, like, look at Leo's arm is over Henry Anderson's foot. Like, yeah, you have three guys coming from the exact same spot right here, which is weird. They're all like five techs right here, with with obviously thirty seven Wilcox being like a stand up. But Wilcox, what what his blitz is doing is he he's pulling the the right tackle, and they're both working that that little twist against the uh, number sixty right here, where uh, Anderson, you know, obviously occupies him and then Leonard Williams gets the easy sack. This was a good design more than anything else, but it's just showing some of the athleticism that, that he has to, to get around that and, and loop inside and get the, uh, the sack right there. So I felt like it was worth noting a uh, good job by bulls designing that though. Yeah. So next one, um, bulls goes get, gets, he gets some credit. It's not like his, his teams were not fantastic, but when he called the defense, I think, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but I think this is the game where Bowles actually says he's going to take over play calling. This is the game they actually perform pretty well with some things. I'm not sure about that. I, I think it was this game or I think it was the Colts game, but I'm pretty sure it was this one. So, um, another one of those plays, this is this is a bad job by the by their right guard. Yeah, we've seen this. This is at least the third time that we've seen this during this review where Leo has started as a – as a three tech and then he you know does like a sidestep jumps over into the opposite gap Mm -hmm. um and 
the guards each time have played it really bad, but Leo's also really good at doing this. Yeah, the guard plays it bad just in terms of his feet and how, how big his steps are right here where he's not really, you know, at, in this position, you know, if he's this close to you, you know, jump set him, but you don't want big feet and, and stepping outside because look how big you're making that A gap right there. Yeah, um, but kudos to Leo because, like, sometimes, like, the way I was taught at, in college, sometimes, like, when you're running this, like, where you're lined up as a three and then you're going to, you know, crash into uh, the A gap, Sometimes you want to just take a quick lateral step with your right foot and then get in there and throw a rip. But Leo, he's, he's not doing that. He's stepping with his left foot first, but that influences the guard to think, oh, yeah. oh wow, he's going B-gap, take the big step, and then Leo's then, then coming around. So Leo well, doesn't take that step. That guard doesn't open up that much. Well, yeah, that, and that's that's difference between college or even even high school is listen if, if you're just gonna take the lateral step with the right right here that that guard is, should be able to frame you and, and get into you where if that that one hard uh you know step uh vertically penetrating upfield is going to make the guard react that's that's another added kind of wrinkle some more technique you need to have in terms of nfl versus college versus high school you know so that's something that's necessary um to win where even though like i said the right guard does not play it very well with his 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 steps are too big right here um, for me, I'll see him more root down right here in this pass protection. If he's in pass, like I said, pass protection, um, in any really, with any offensive line, with any steps, run blocking, pass blocking, you don't want to take big steps. And this is too, too big of a step, too, too lateral. But Leonard Williams does a good job with that little uh, club into a, uh, I don't, can't tell necessarily what his left arm is, is doing. Um, but he gets sacked, one, thing, it. one thing the left arm is doing is um, he's, he's like using- clearing himself. Yeah, exactly. He's clearing it and like he's he's throwing his body weight down a little bit while using the left arm to put pressure on the guard's left arm, which is keeping the guard off balance and stuff. Yeah. He's he's using it to, you know, it's kind of like Ooh. I didn't know I had a different view of this. So he kind of he, he, he I don't know if we mentioned this too, but he he, he chops that. He, he goes to throw a rip in, just in case like as, as like a secondary move just in case it doesn't work, but chops it into a rip and then like you said he kind of almost like like more of like an ice pick as well, where he's kind of propelling himself and, and clearing himself right there. Uh, good athleticism and good sack, uh, split sack. Him keeping the arm like that is preventing the offensive lineman from recovering and then using it. Yeah, okay, let's see. Um, 21, good rush. Again, it's like this is a position right here where like, you know, if you're really trying to get like, I, I know you can imagine that that chart in your head like, you know, is this a four eye? He's a little bit inside for a four eye. Is he a three? He's a little bit wide for a three. So, like for my terminology, now that I've adopted, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him a loose three right here, um, in my mind. So it's another added, another one added to like. The I, I think it's good, yeah, because sometimes like you you don't know where to draw that distinction. So it is kind of good to have like another little thing. Yeah, like three. It's not it's exactly three, a four eye. Four if it was a four eye, he would be you know kind of seventy seven, a little bit on the inside, and he's he's not. There you go. You, not, another thing. Uh, loose, loose three. So here, um, this is more of just like he- hesitation and kind of reacting to what the, the guard wants to do. Um, and the guard, again, with his hands, your hands never want to look at – is he allowing Leo to control his chest right here or is he not allowing Leo to control oh his chest God, right here? You know? so, He's inviting him. Yeah, so he invites, he, he invites him to control his chest. Leo takes advantage of it as he hesitates, gets tight elbows again extends him um and as he's doing this it's it's showing some smarts as he's reading the quarterback he's reading the quarterback kind of drifting to the right so leo doesn't want to win in that a gap he wants to get into that b gap um and he's going to throw um he kind of pulls him he you'd see him right here he pulls him down 
he pulls into a into an arm over um, right there, and he gets you know pressure. Like I said, he does not get the the sack right here, but that's still a good play by Leonard Williams right here. And be impressed with the arm over here because it's he doesn't raise his right arm that much. Like you, when you when you do like a swim arm over, if you raise and and a lot of young defensive linemen make this mistake. They try like when you think about swimming, you know, like your your strokes are really big. But if he were to raise his arm really high here, he's gonna leave himself susceptible to to get hit. But it's it's so smooth and quick and it's he's tight. He's, it's tight. That that's another word that I was looking for. Yeah, like you said, and that's and that's a good a good um thing to bring up. And like I said, it's it's good talking with another person. You bring up talking points um that you wouldn't really do if uh you're by yourself, but this is, you know, it's, it's good where, you know, if that's, if that was really exaggerated, he opens up that armpit and that, and that body a lot more where if it's really tight like that and just high enough to get over the helmet, he, he really reduces that kind of window where his chest is open. So uh, good, uh, good kind of, um, yes, uh, observation there. So let's go to the next play of uh, Leo play number 22 forces incompletion like i said he makes impact these are all impact type plays and plays that are good that all a lot of these plays he's not doing anything on the stat sheet you know so again forces an incompletion here he forces luck to throw the ball away um but it doesn't go down as a sack or or you know a tackle and um right off the snap he you know takes that takes that lateral step and he kind of is more waiting for the the number 64 to react to that with his hands and as as he sees that he's going to throw the hands, Leonard Williams throws like that another double swipe type move into into a rip to clear that arm. It's not a tight rip, obviously, because he's he's gaining that ground laterally. Which one of his issues was he moves a little bit too laterally at times. Where I like to see him stay just like that swim uh, that that swim move or that arm over. You like to see him be more tight. Where sometimes he takes he takes steps too laterally and kind of throws himself too far outside of the play. But on this play, out of the gap. Yeah, yeah, and, and even moving himself too far out of the gap, he, he kind of moved himself into other blocks as well, too, with taking too far lateral steps. But on this one, he's able to, as the right tackle um, kind of slides to his to his right, but uh, club arm over. And as he's throwing that club to – or uh, sorry, that, like that swim into that rip, uh, not, not club into arm over, but um, it's almost actually – it's a club – it's a club – with the left arm swipe with the with the right arm, which uh, deflects away that left arm of the offensive lineman who does not do a good job right here. If you're going to shoot two arms, or even if you're shooting at all, if the guy is taking that that lateral step, you want to keep your right leg moving right here because you're locking. Yeah. What, what you're doing is you're locking your hips. <laughs> this is terrible. Really poor feet by the offensive lineman. Yeah. He, like, how do you think you're going to have any type of power and and ground? Like, how do you plan on keeping yourself like? you know, on balance when you're locking your feet like that and just shooting forward and leaning. Yeah, no, exactly. And right here, you'd, you'd want to see him take, uh, have lighter feet. One, uh, move that right foot to the outside as his left foot is obviously coming with him, shoot that, shoot that right arm, um, into his chest and then maybe come over top of that clamp of that left arm. But, uh, he locks his hips right here. Leonard Williams takes advantage with that, like that, that club swipe into a, into a rip right here. And he, you can see him keep working to kind of deflect exactly. that hand away, and then he gets uh, in in a that's a pressure that's a quarterback hit or whatever you want to call it that forces an incompletion that doesn't go down as a sack, but it, it's an impact that's an impact play um, to me. So um, next play here, let's see what I labeled it. Leo truck. Oh, this is when he trucks over uh, Nelson. I remember this play. He lifts him off the ground. <laughs> 
Yeah, he doesn't get in on that. Uh, it, now, maybe Lux sees a flash of white right here, so he kind of rushes the decision right here. Um, as you know, you have that. Uh, I don't know if it's like a drive. It looks almost like a, going to be like a drive type concept underneath right there. Um, and you have the the drag from the outside receiver. He never looks at Lee, and Lee is kind of gifted interception to be completely honest right there. He's just in his zone and bad job by luck to be completely honest. But is that it because probably of the did rush the throw to be honest? Yeah, yeah. No, I. This is not a throw you want to make. I mean, luck. You know, he he's certainly a daring quarterback and stuff, and will try to thread the needle. And that's one of the things that makes him great. But he's not a dumb quarterback. He's a very smart quarterback. And, and bad mechanics, too, on the throw. Yeah. So, like – and he's also a very mechanically sound quarterback. So, this is abnormal for him to make such a throw like this in a situation. And you got to be thinking, what's going through his mind? Oh, shoot. Quentin Nelson, that tough left guard that we just drafted, <laughs> six overall, he just got trucked. Let me get rid of this ball quick so I don't get destroyed. Yeah. I got to protect myself because I just missed a whole last season because of my shoulder injury. You know, let me try to take as little as hits as possible. Yeah, and his, like I said, bad mechanics here as well, where he's floating this ball up, where you really want to see that that uh, the hips of the quarterback disconnect from the upper body and act like a whip, where you could see that the the shoulder, like the elbow is tight and uh, all that, but you could see that the, the hips are rotating at the same time with the upper body, and you don't want to see that. That's You want to use that lower body to kind of whip forward your arm. So bad mechanics, he could definitely step through this throw. Um, but Leonard Williams kind of forces that, I guess, where he's – um, he kind of sees that, and he kind of gets nervous right here. But they say good job of him, obviously, uh, with that with that club into what looks like it's going to be a rip, and then uh, Quentin Nelson because they're running like a like a little like a TT stunt right here, and uh, Nelson doesn't expect that he gets into him, and that's just lift. He's lifting him up yep. in the air, um, and literally throws Nel Nelson right onto his ass right here. So good play by him um, again. So what do you know? Leonard Williams is a little bit better than people think he is. And speaking of Leo. You know, one of the things I'm thinking about with all this, like he's a very he's a very solid player, not the most flashiest player in the world, but the dude is also reliable. Like he brings it every week and he's not hurt. Like we were talking about, and this wasn't recorded, unfortunately, <laughs> Marcus May and how May is always injured. And May is old. I think is Leo younger than May? Leo is younger than May. I think they're the same age. I know I think Leo's younger, I think. May is 26. I don't think – I think Leo's 25. Leonard Williams is 25. Marcus May is – He's 26. 26. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. And and think about that. Leo has, what, two more seasons under his belt than May? No. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, this is – Two or three? Uh, two, because this is Leonard Williams. This is – this is he's playing on his – Your option. This is May's third year. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about – we've said this before when it wasn't recorded – like, do you want to give a second contract to May, a guy who's solid, but he's injured all the time, and he's older, but Leo is young, still developing, and mm -hmm. he's always available. Yeah, no, and this is why people has, like has Leo, about, has Leo missed a game because of an injury in his whole career? I don't. I know. can't think of one. And it was, and you saw saw it was very evident in that Packers game when the pass rush was pretty good that first half. They're pressuring Rodgers. They didn't score a ton of points. Leonard Williams went out of that game, and the Jets front seven or or front four or front three did not look the same at all. Um, and it was very, very evident in that Packers game that Leonard Williams was sorely missed. And that's why people talk about, you know, okay, yeah, he's a butt. Now, do, do I like him to produce more for the, for the sixth overall pick? Yes. He, he, is he literally level to my like, very high expectations? Not necessarily. But he's still a very good player, Kyle. And we're seeing that on this film 24 plays in. Um, he doesn't miss games. He's a good locker room guy. And the people who are, oh, just get rid of him for a second-round pick. 
I am taking Leonard Williams and his, and his potential and what he offers to the Jets for a second-round pick every single day of the week. You do not get second-round picks like Leonard Williams. Yeah, so, well, what is the odds that that second-round pick is going to be better than Leonard Williams? Like, yeah, so, like Bobby Wagner was a second-round pick. pick. I know that. Every now and then you get a great second-round pick, but – 95% of second round picks are not going to be as good as Leonard Williams. That's not even close. And this is a really, this is a really good play by Leonard Williams and, and hands and technique here, where again, there you have Leonard Williams and, and Anderson lining up relatively clo- uh, close to each other, where this is a nickel look. You see a lot of this with nickel with two guys down, two linebackers on the edge with the jets. And you're going to see a lot with, with, uh, with um, Greg Williams as well. But here they run another like interior TT stunt and good hands by him right here. One, he, he penetrates at first, um, as, as, uh, you know, Henry Anderson correspondingly penetrates as well to take up blockers, you know, he takes up that center and right guard. So Leonard Williams can, can, uh, you know, loop inside Leonard Williams, something to note about his technique right here is he literally throws himself inside using Henry Anderson right here. As he's, as he does that, you see the left arm come up, chop, chop up on that left arm of the, of 65, trying to recover. And then as that's happening as well, he sees number 63, reduces his body, reduces that contact window, throws his shoulder into him with the rip at the same time as he's still working that left arm to keep extension away from number 65 and pressure uh, Kirk Cousins. This is a really good play that never will go down in the stat sheet again. Yes. and Fantastic it's, hands. It's really hard for, especially in the heat of the game, for because this is right in the middle. You're not going to be able to really see this from a TV broadcast angle, but there is so much going on in this play with him. And so much that doesn't go appreciated. You know, when I was in high school, um, our defensive line coach always used to say, listen, do your job. And I know, yeah, sometimes you're not going to make the tackle. The linebacker is going to make the tackle. But because you disrupted and blew up the gap, you know, Draper's going to get his name. Draper was one of our linebackers. He's going to get his name in the paper. Um, it's not all, you know, glory for you or whatever, but you did your job and you helped out the play. And, and it's like, there's so much that he did right there that was so good and so hard to teach. Um, and some of it's just instincts, but you know, the average person is not going to appreciate that. Kyle, how much, listen, like I, I really hope they keep him next year because if you keep Leonard Williams and Quinn and Williams together, uh, even with a guy like Henry Anderson, who's pretty versatile, that's a really good group. And then you look behind them with Avery Williamson, Mosley, especially if Ja'Kai Polite develops, oh, man. Hope again. man. And, and that, that's really the key because, you know, those three guys, I mean, well, yeah, like we just, we, we need a pure edge rusher is the thing. Well, yeah, but listen, like we've talked about before, Jordan Jenkins is underappreciated for what he does. He's still, he's still a decent to solid outside linebacker. Yeah. And if they get that edge pressure as well, if Polite even, even ends up developing into a, let's say, let's say an eight to 10 sack a year guy, that's, that's a solid outside linebacker pass rusher. You have that with Leonard Williams, Quinn Williams, Henry Anderson inside with the linebackers they have. Man, uh, this this defense and this team, I think this is not their year. But if they put together the offensive line, get get a get two guys on offensive line, get a corner or two, the Jets could could push for the for a, a deep playoff run. I think next year, uh, if they they can recruit some guys, they they look at Donald, they look at what they have on defense with Mosley, and they have Bell, and they have Adams. They're getting some guys to come play here next year. I think so. Um, right and here again, it's going to matter on coaching too. 
which I honestly, I know Gase is an asshole, but from what I've showed from his, from his film, I like the offense. I think they're going to be a good offense. I'm more, I'm, I'm more confident in, in Adam Gase as an offensive play caller than I am with Greg Williams, to be completely honest. I think Greg Williams is good, but there's also a reason he's been bouncing around a little bit. He's good enough to stay in the league, but he's never been fantastic. Like he's, he, always, he always improves teams' defenses for the most part. He always has a decent quarterback or a solid rating against the quarterbacks who are good. But the Browns kind of went downhill last year later in the season, uh, and he kind of fizzles out. He starts hot and fizzles out a little bit, but – um, I, I like him as a defense coordinator. I don't think he's fantastic. Like he's not, he's not the best defense coordinator ever, ever. Like I think, um, yeah, that's fair. That's very I fair. think Bowles at his top was better. And I also think that a guy in Rex Ryan at his top was better, but he's still, he's still solid. He's better than a guy like Casey Rogers, even though it was really Bowles. but, oh God. Um, so here again, another situation where he's able to control the chest because the number 74 right here is able, is, is strong late hands. Larry Williams gets inside, gets tight elbows extension again. And is able to kind of feel the his the uh, the guard's momentum, kind of his hips opening up, um, and Leonard play from, kind of fights play from the beginning again, though. What are you looking for? I I don't like the beginning of of the of the move for Leo. I feel like he was a little. Um, he was a little too passive with his hands at the beginning and kind of leans in with his body at first. And that's something that I mentioned before. Rather than kind of issues. sinking the body and the hands, it was more body than hands rather than kind of sinking them together. Yeah, that, and that's one of the things, like I said, he, he likes to duck into contact a little bit and high at times where um, a good offensive lineman here uh, would get his hands on, on, on Leo. So I don't like how he always just ducks his head into contact and then bowls. And I like to see if he, if he is going to bowl here, um, one, it lo- looks like his body, his bo- body's like not fully committed to the bull. Um, where I want, I want to see his hips more square to the quarterback instead of his, say his hips are kind of going forward as his body's kind of working against the offensive lineman to his right. So his body is not completely in sync here. And you'd like to see, like I said, his body get low and then explode through instead of kind of leaning into him, then trying to push him through. So exactly. Another- yeah, so you got, got help from poor guard play right here because this guard is kind of was kind of catching him, even though Leonard Williams, the way that he was kind of like. Um, you know, kind of passive. He and he was kind of inviting the guard to give him a good punch, mm-hmm. and and the guard just really missed opportunity there. And I do know the Vikings' offensive line was very bad, so I don't know who that player was, but he he can't be good. <laughs> he can't be good. Uh, yeah, just power uh, from from him on that play. But yeah, like you said, uh, obviously, and like I've said, there's always things you can improve on. Um, but you want to be able to take a bad advantage of bad play, and and that's what he that's what he's doing. Um. Yeah, of course. Here, the guard again is—he's uh, not really getting much power behind this this punch right here. Where he's kind of almost going backwards while punching forwards, and he's not really getting a good base into it, good leverage. But Leonard Williams, he does—he doesn't control the chest right here. His hands are wide, so he's not even winning the inside. But he's yeah. able to. The good thing about this is, as he's able to, he's pushing the guard backwards as he's stopping his momentum going from going forwards, which creates that that gap, that that air bubble between their hips. And kind of shocks the the offensive lineman as he tries to recover. He he throws the. I'm not sure if his right arm is pulling. It looks like his his yeah his oh, right yeah, arm. It's it, cool. it's so the, yeah, so the right arm pulls him down as he's shocking backwards. So your momentum's going back while you're going forward. It's throwing him off of off balance into an arm over right here, and he gets the the hit on the quarterback. So uh, good play again. Not the best guard play, but still good play by Leonard Williams. Leo has very good play strength. He manhandles people at times. Yeah, 
that's a that's a good play right there. And that's I think that's why I did the secondary view because like the first view you could not see as good, but right here you could clearly see him pull him down as he pushes him. Yeah, so. look at the, look at the jersey uh, being ripped. Yeah, man, he's like I said, watching his film and like. He's impressive. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just stating that like people. I'm hoping that a lot of people are going to watch this. And can you go back to that play, if you don't mind, even the in the last view of it too. The light. Okay. I could do um, that. I think actually I put this. I didn't. I didn't see this. This is why like it benefits me sometimes to to read what I said before before I talk about it. He forced the hold on this play. That's called. You can see the flag coming after. Yeah. Um. He for, he forced the hold. So now it's second and ten. You know. So he doesn't get pressure. But he forced the hold. Um, I I wouldn't normally want to attack someone like as wide as he did, but it worked. And maybe it was something he saw on film and then wanted to exploit this guard. But look how well he sinks the throwing him down with the right arm and with the arm over. Like, look how beautifully it's synced together. It's super smooth. Yes. It's all now, now, and this would be talk about like stacking moves or being smooth. Now, if he was to push and then like not time this as well, maybe the right guard can, or the guard can recover, but it's all, you want to be one fluid motion and to, to push while you're pulling into an arm over. That's, that's impressive, man. That's, that's a good play. Yeah. Um, and he's really good at keeping the left arm down, driving himself in, mm-hmm. into the arm of the, of the, of the guard who's trying to recover to prevent him from doing that. We've seen him do that several times now until he's fully clear. This is, this is one of those plays again, where I, we're going to, we're going to have the same feeling where I don't necessarily like how he's coming into this, into this play so high and his hands aren't really necessarily inside right here, but the, the center doesn't, he's, he's more passive with his punch as well, which Leonard Williams is, it, you know, eventually takes advantage of um, Leonard Williams. And he, he's almost late to, to go pa- uh, from, from run, from run to, to pass right here, in my opinion, but he is able to, again, almost the same move where he gets his hands on the shoulders, um, pushes him backwards. And then it's not as dramatic as the last one was, but it's the same type of deal where he's ripping with that. He's ripping him down with that right arm um, into what looks like it's going to be an arm over, but he kind of, it looks like he retracts it as he, as he knows. Mm -hmm. So good, good adjustment mid play right here um, where he goes to arm over. Oh crap. I don't have my hips clear right here. He's going to hit me. And he throws it into, into almost like a, a, he goes to throw into a rip. Doesn't win with that. Right arm comes down, swats that hand away. And then he rips through. That's a that's yeah. a really good adjustment and mid mid play right there. It's it's nuanced and you know some some players like they have one move and when it doesn't work, plays dead for them. Not the case with Leo. Leo, okay, this didn't work. Let me try this. Let me try this, and he can adjust. And that's good hands. Really good hands. Yeah, good hands. Good good adjustment. Like I said, you're gonna you think you're gonna go throw. You're gonna you're gonna go all in with that arm over like a lot of players do. I think that's a, pl- a problem that, if I'm not mistaken, DeForest Buckner has a lot with the Niners where he's kind of just a one-trick pony. Um, you need to be able to adjust. And um, I don't watch enough of his film to be able to say. Yeah, and I've watched a little bit. Uh, so here, this is – and there's there's a lot of these, more of these zones play, zone plays where it's not necessarily an inside zone where he's attacking the B or a tight zone where he's the A or where it's more of on the center's ass as a, as a, uh, as a belly zone. But – you're seeing a lot more insides or zone plays where they're handing it off almost to the backside, but it's still a zone blocking scheme um, with the offensive lineman. And, and on this play, again, he's taking on um, the, the combo block from the center and the, and the right guard. And again, it, it, I'm not, sh- it looks like Leonard Williams again is he's taking on the, the postman of this play. And he's, he kind of, he has a good feel like a natural feel and awareness of what's going on. And, and he sees the moving offensive line, decides to take on one guy gets low 
gets extension. And this is good in terms of go, uh, preparing for that, um, that secondary blocker where you can see he, like I said, drops that knee very, mm-hmm. very low to the ground as he's moving laterally to, to lessen that, that uh, kind of force on his own body. And the good thing about this too is as he's, as, as he's dropping his body moving laterally, he's, he's creating that force from the right guard into force against the center right here. As you can see that he's getting pushed, he uses that momentum as he plants his, plants his feet into rip yeah. into, you know, shedding that uh, center and he, and he stands the center up and then he eventually does end up finding the tackle. But uh, good, uh, good, good anchor right there from, from Leonard Williams, good technique and he gets him on the tackle. Yeah, absolutely. So um, next play 29. like I said, we still have Jordan Jenkins to do. Kyle, I don't know if you're gonna be able to run past five. If not, uh, tell me when you got to run past, then I'll just continue by myself because I could I could run a little bit later. I just might not be able to get the show up on Friday. I might be getting up put up on Saturday, but um, I'd rather have good discussion and not rush it, you know. So next, uh, you just let me know. I, I, you'll hear my phone buzz. So four uh, I tech right here um, on a play that again this looks like more of a tight zone belly zone where he's attacking more of like the the center right here with his with his uh, track of the running back. Where like an inside zone from it's it's almost like weird with the tracks of the running back. You can't always rely on the track because even inside zone from depends on the terminology that you use. But uh, inside zone, you're always going to be attacking. For, at least for me, the out, the outside hip of the, of that guard um, where the tight zone is the da gap. So even on the inside zone, your tracks may be different from the from the gun where he's going to have to more like really bend it around almost. Where from single back, you're going to be more on that straight line. So I go more gaps, not track, but. Uh, this play is another, I, I would say, in my terminology, more of a tight zone, belly zone here. Um, and Leonard Williams, what it looks like they're doing, actually, on this play, this is what I labeled it. So it's a good thing I, I, I saw the top right here. It looks like they're, they're it's, it's a, so it's a read option and it's a wham read um, where they're reading Leonard Williams right here. So they're, they're, they're reading him where you see typically them reading defensive ends. But right here, they're letting, obviously, clearly they're letting Leonard Williams penetrate um, if he attacks the running back that he, he, he pulls it, you know, if he attacks, if he stays too far outside, you know, he hand, he hands it off, but Leonard Williams does a good job, you know, kind of pressing, uh, pressing that mesh point, keeping his hips square to the, to the mesh point and being able to play either guy right here. Um, as the running back takes the ball, you know, he shuffles laterally, uh, running back tries to cut back and he shows some nice of that, like stop, start hip fluidity that he has and makes a tackle. So really nice play right here on that, on that, uh, that wham read that they tried to employ on this read option, which is, I don't know why it's not letting me play it again, but yeah. And it's a, this is, this is more basic football one-on-one stuff that they teach you really on. It's like, you know, you'll, you'll notice there's so many big hits in the NFL and like, sometimes like you want to lower the boom cause you want to stop the guy from falling forward and you want to make his, you want to basically push him back to stop him from gaining as much yards as possible. But sometimes when you're in the open field like this and the running back has like several different paths of which he could choose, sometimes you just have to break down, stay squared, um, keep your feet wide apart and make the tackle. And to, to catch a running back with that much open space, yeah, it's pretty good. And like I said, once Leo can start wrapping those arms around, you are not getting by him. And that's the problem. I'm not, like I said, you, you probably didn't watch the, 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 uh, Adams review because you know a lot about Adams, but that's one of Adams' problems in the run game, or especially on the on the first level. And I said this on the play like a jet podcast. I said on my on my podcast, you have more opportunity on, on when you're really close to the line of scrimmage to be aggressive than when you're coming down from the secondary or or you know the secondary or the second level like linebacker level because. If you're penetrating, sure, be aggressive. But one of his problems was when he's coming from deep. If if a running back had like a two a, a two way lane where he could cut either way. 
Adams would typically commit too early to one gap and let him cut back on him. So that's something he has to work on in the run game is being too aggressive. Uh, first level, penetrating, blitzing, sure, be aggressive. Second level, he has to learn how to break down a little bit more, kind of like Leonard Williams did right there. Um, so uh, good job by, by Leonard Williams in this play too. He's, he's more of like a, like a slanted – he's a slanted one right here. Um, the, the center does not do a good job with his feet right here. I like to see more of like a, uh, more of a, a scooch technique right here, which he does not do. He kind of, he kind of just takes that bucket step and doesn't really work to cover that. Um, he doesn't really work to cover the, the play side gap as they're running like a, like a mid zone outside zone right here. Um, Leonard Williams drops his helmet, he reduces that contact point. He throws the club, um, into, into a rip right here and he just penetrates into the backfield and, and makes the tackle. Um, on Gore for a loss. So another good play by, by Leonard Williams. He has a good feel for his zone plays and, and what's going on around him. Yeah, you usually don't see this too much with with a zone play. Like many times the center or the guard or the tackle is not able to properly reach the player, but it's rare that you'll see the player also prevent from getting reached while also pushing the guy this further back into the mm-hmm. backfield. I mean, this this play is all on Leo. He destroys the center. Stops him from reaching him, bowls him back in the backfield, and then makes a super impressive tackle on Gore, who is not an easy running back to bring down. No, no, it's a, it's a good play. So, so from the start of this, Kyle, and just asking you uh, because I already did the film. I'm not sure if you watched it, you know, as much as I have, because like I said, I I really do have some type of issue. I, mean, I watched your whole review for sure. I, I, oh, you did. Okay, so were you higher on him pre or or post review? You know, uh, post, like, post, post, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a good player. Like he's a good player. And I, people, oh well, why don't you put up plays of him losing? I put up plays of him losing. It's very evident why he lost. You know, obviously he first play played. was him, was him losing. Oh, you know, yeah, for sure. And we we've criticized the good plays that he's had, but I only put up like so I could put up examples of a thousand players. You know, I could put up 150 plays of Von Miller not winning on a pass rush next season. But if it's evident reason why he lost and it's a it's a clear weakness, that's when I put it up. You know, I could put up. You know, is, is every play that Von Miller doesn't get there a bad play? No, not necessarily, you know. So you have to put up things that stand out more. And, and, and especially for a defensive lineman, they're not supposed to win convincingly every play. If they were, the quarterbacks would be getting sacked 20-something times a game. You yeah, know, another good play. You're not meant to always get there. You're not meant to always blow by the offensive lineman. It, it would be a lot more injured quarterbacks if the game were designed that way. But Yeah, so good play here as well as they run this uh, – this like one one uh, one back power right here, where you're gonna have the uh, front side of the play. You're gonna have um, that deuce block working up to to the linebacker. So this is another play where he has a good feel for the postman. He takes on he takes on the post or sorry he actually takes. Yeah, I guess this is this is the post. It's more of a different scenario right here, but that is that does end up being the 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 uh, the postman. Um, the left tackle uh, taunts lots of work quicker upfield right here to assist on that on that on the post on that deuce block in my opinion um sure that's tunsil i don't think that's tunsil isn't he the left tackle yeah but i don't think that's him though 78 okay i don't think he's number 78 uh well i'll google it but uh whoever the left tackle is um but leonard williams does a good job like i said uh denting right here and hands inside low again you could see that right knee drop He, he he turns his shoulder in to reduce that contact point he uses the momentum of the left tackle against the left guard, <clears throat> is able to plant hard, good leg strength right here for sure, good core strength as well to turn his body like that, using that circular force against number 62. Um, turns inside, finds the running back, boom, wraps him up. Like you said, it's hard to get away from when you get into his arms. He's uh, You're right, it is Tunsil, I'm sorry. 
Ha-ha. See, okay. He changed his number from his rookie year. I'm not positive about that. Kyle, you were rusty, my friend. You, you, you ha- you're not the AFC East bro anymore. You're slowly fading away. I've been out of the game. That's okay, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be following some of these loser teams that much. No, that's it. Here's another, oh, here's another loser team right here. Yeah, okay. So another play again where they're running uh, to, the, to the weak side. Uh, I would say more of like a weak, a weak zone. It looks like a little bit uh, of a – um, more aggressive track than an outside zone. Um, so let's call, we'll call it weak zone to the, to the weak side. Or sorry, it's just a weak, or a weak mid zone, I should say. Yeah, say it's mid. Yeah, weak mid zone. And again, Leonard Williams takes advantage of a right guard who is hands wide. Uh, he's really leaning into the block right here as well. Leonard Williams gets his arms tight again, um, extends him, extends, 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 keeps his eyes into the backfield and is able to kind of just use his momentum against him where at this point, you know, he really feels him like falling over and he kind of just takes advantage of it, uh, plants him into the ground, gets him on the tackle. So it's more of a simple play, but still a good play. Yeah. I mean, not only he, he stops the back from getting outside and then he jerks him. He's able to get past his blocker to make the tackle. I mean, like it would be a good play for him if he just prevented him from getting outside, mm-hmm. like, that would be good. but to, to go the extra step and be on the tackle. Yeah. All right, next play, uh, again, against the Bills. He is the three-tech right there. Yeah, this is – This is a running back playing quarterback. <laughs> you and Scott are big time <laughs> with that. So, I know. I, I only say that because of him. To be, yeah, to be completely honest I – never, I never even thought about that until he said that. To be completely honest, I think Josh Allen impressed me more than I thought he would. Oh, yeah. I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. I, you notice I, I was super critical of Josh Allen. I have been really quiet because – I'm you know, more nervous about him than I was. Just yeah. his dual threat. Even if he's a guy who – I will say Dable, give a lot of kudos to Dable for playing. Oh, for sure. His skill set. Yeah, he lets sure. him play that type of, you know, deep, daring ball. Let's let's because he's not a quick rhythm passer. Let's let me work with you know three step drops, get the ball quick. It's not how he plays. Yeah, um, I know Joe Marino wrote a really good article, um, like a little bit past mid season about how Dable was playing to Allen's strengths. Um, but yeah, so give a lot of credit to Dable. I would not be shocked if Dable is in consideration for head coaching uh, positions this upcoming year, depending on how the Bills do. Yeah, and um, he he might be a guy who like might fizzle out in like four or five, six years because of injuries and because people catch up to his game a little bit. But even if he's a guy who gets let's say fifteen touchdowns and twelve picks, which is like not that good of stats, but then he he adds you know five, six rushing touchdowns, a good dual threat quarterback. Like, and they're different players in certain aspects, but kind of similar in other ways. Like another Bills quarterback and Tyrod Taylor, like a dual threat guy, not a great passer, but has enough of a deep arm to open up defenses, you know. So Tyrod's a guy who shredded the Jets up a couple of times. So um, let's see about Josh Allen. I'm not, he's not as bad as I thought he necessarily was. He's a high risk, high reward type of guy. I'm still very happy that we did not pick him. No, I like there's, Donald there's, 10 there's, times more. There is zero part of me that, uh, that um, feels that way, but. I mean, I am going to at least shut up my criticisms, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, but let's see, let's see his jump from year two. Like, my my brothers, for those that don't know, my brother's a huge Bills fan, and the thing that pisses me off about my brother is, yeah, we have a rivalry and stuff. I like the Jets. He likes the Bills. He's super fan driven. He, you know, he he says more negative things about the Jets than. Any other team, like whenever the Jets do something, like he he's got to just say something negative. 
keeps calling Darnold the turnover machine. And, and Gary even admitted, like, he did not like Josh Allen when they first drafted. But you could kind of see Gary's bias starting to affect him. Um, early on, er, like, like the couple months after they drafted him, like, you know, team would put out like a, a, a clipping, a video clip of, of Josh Allen. You know, Gary, oh, how could you not like this kid or whatever? It's like, yo, bro, you just said you hated him during draft time or whatever. And it's like he hasn't even played a game yet, and all of a sudden you like him now and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like – it's just yeah, like right. everything. Everything when he talks about the Bills, almost everything is positive. When he talks about the Jets, almost everything is negative. That's, that's you hear that a lot with the Jets. Like you know, okay, well they signed C.J. Mosley, which we're fine with. I rather sign C.J. Mosley than Darius Smith for fourteen million dollars and play Mosley seventeen because he's a top tier linebacker. But it's all, all negative. All Jets signed Le'Veon Bell negative. Like it's always there's still people predicting the Jets are going to be like three and 13, 4 and twelve this year, which would be historically bad in terms of um, in terms of their roster. You know, their roster is really solid in a lot of areas. So. They're not going three and thirteen. No. Uh, so uh, again, another play where he kind of is able to air quotes. He's going three and thirteen. The seasons we were supposed to tank, which I wish we did, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he's able to again, like he kind of like splashes the the right guard. They say here we get to inside control because the, the the right guard, he's really not taking his legs into this block right here, and one of his arms are wide. So Leonard Williams is again able to control the chest as the. Uh, Bills run this like fake uh, fake screen to the uh, the running back into a draw, just quarterback draw right here. This is designed, and Leonard Williams sees that happening. Uh, it gets extension, sheds, uh, completely sheds with the right guard, and shows again nice athleticism here. Uh, quick processing, uh, good job by by him. Bad job by the right guard though. I think he. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it, I was like. Okay, next play. I don't know if you were commenting on it. What was going on there, Kyle? Um, so, next, I just didn't have much to say. Oh, I can't see your face, though. So, like, that's a good thing about seeing your face, and especially with conversations. You can see when somebody wants to talk. Oh. But, unfortunately, I do not have your face on the screen. So, I couldn't really oh, see. Oh, okay. I thought the mic was in the way for a moment. But I forgot. You, you said you didn't want to see my face. So. No, well, I got to be able to see the whole play. Um, I mean, thank so, God we don't have to be in the same room with each other. I don't have to smell you. I think, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, what was that? I, I forget what the tweet even was. He doesn't, oh, Joe doesn't uh, know about my personal hygiene, I guess. Like no, this. no, he said something like, um, you can criticize Joe for several things, like his movie tastes, uh, maybe yeah. his hygiene and some other things, but not his attention to detail about football, something like that. Yeah, I think he was – and he said, like, <clears throat> I don't know about his hygiene. It's just bring it up, whatever. But regardless, um, I could smell, I cannot smell. So lead lead, uh, lead mid-zone, um, lead outside zone. I would call it more – I'd call this more outside zone, uh, maybe. So um, yeah, regardless – So look how laterally the, the line is stepping. Look at the running back's path. Yeah, Leonard, but mid-zone mid zone and outside zone are, are pretty – obviously, they're pretty close. Where mid-zone is more like uh, outside hip of tackle, and, and outside zone is more like, let's say, the, the, the seven takes a big right here, right here. So sometimes it's almost a little bit harder to tell, like if he's bending it back, what's happening, trying to set up the blocks. It's, so I always, always say, like, okay, ins, inside tight, you know, mid-outside, because I can't – I'm not going to say it definitively. Um, but if I could see, see the diagram of the play, I'll be able to tell you what it is. So uh, let's just call this a, let's just call this a, a lead outside zone right here. And Leonard Williams on the backside um, as the as the three tech um, flows with the with the offensive line. The right tackle tries to um, cut block him, which is not a good cut block either. But Leonard Williams sees it coming, puts his arms on him, shoves him into the ground, continues to scrape laterally down the line of scrimmage. 
um, sees McCoy planting. And again, like we talked about like how, how quick he can stop and like how kind of like agile he is in certain aspects. Here's, here's a good way to define mid zone. Mid zone is essentially an outside zone play with the play side tackle blocking the play like inside zone because the play side tackle is trying to drive the end man on the line of scrimmage out rather than reach him. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, so for that, because for outside zone, because it's so, it's such more of a wide play, you're attacking those outside gaps more than, more than a mid zone where a mid zone, that cutback is through that B gap. So if he reacts outside, you can drive him outside. If he's inside, keep him inside, you know? So it's more on that tackle of the mid of the, of the, uh, the mid zone deciding on what he wants to do in reaction to the defensive end where the outside zone, he really needs to, to reach it, him if he is that, that outside guy, you know? So in this position, yeah. really try to reach him. I mean, there's no way the back is getting to the edge if, if the, if he's not reached. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's always, it's always different. It, if you're trying, if you're trying to attack a gap, you're it, depending what the offensive lineman, it depends what the offensive lineman is going to do, which like, obviously in this scenario, you know, if this was in a mid zone, um, that number 75 is going to take such a lateral step right there. The, the, the gap is more interior. So he's going to want to really help these, the, uh, the center with this, with his play side one tech, but because it's wider, he's going to try to get more, more wide to help the, the, you know, the tackle and get to the second level, you know, so it's all, you, you know, good point. Uh, but it's a good thing for, for fans and people who listen to the show to, to understand that, that type of thing where zone is more like, depending on the zone, um, you know, listen, if the guy's going to play outside, depending, like I said, it depends on really where you are. If the guy's going to play outside, let him play outside. If you're going to play inside, let him play inside. Um, if you are more the aiming point of, of that zone. So if you're the tackle, like I said, in the mid zone, keep him outside if he's outside, inside if he's inside. But if it's, you know, if it's outside zone, um, and you're the guard, or you're the, the center versus versus that one tech. You really need to try to reach him. Where if it's a where if it's a tight zone, okay. If he's going to play that that a gap hard on that on that uh, front side, let him play it. And then you know now your secondary read comes into effect on that backside a gap. Um, if that makes sense to people. Yeah, I like zone blocking to be honest. Yeah, I, I do. I do too. Uh, I know you get that, Kyle. But like I said, people have to rewind that a couple of times, but. <laughs> I know Char- Charmin's a big-time listener. He's, like, actually – he runs the TOJ Film Room account on Twitter for me, and he said he'll, like, rewind stuff and write it down. So, Charmin, have fun writing that one down. <laughs> um, let's go to the I – wonder- I was wondering who was running that account because I knew it wasn't you recently. Yeah, he – yeah, no. It was different. Unless I was being weird and, like, talking to myself and talking about myself like I wasn't myself. <laughs> but there is one account who I'm going to pull- – I'll-, I'll tell you after the show who does that. It's kind of weird. Give Joe a f- – give Joe a- <laughs> Uh, yeah. some credit for all the work he puts in. Yeah, Joe, aka the machine, like me saying about myself, would be kind of kind of weird. Narciss- you know? Narcissistic. Be, yeah, I'd be a little bit of a loser. Um, that is not me. So, I mean, you still are a loser, though. Uh, yeah, but that would make me even more of a loser, I guess. Right. So, uh, next play. Da, da, da. He is the call more of like a more of a more of a uh, two eye here. Another and, terrible offensive line. Yeah, right. He's taking advantage of some bad offensive lines in this review, but that's what you kind of have to do. Um, so this is another play of him being able to get – it's, it's a lot of similar st- stuff, him getting, uh, being able to control the chest, get his elbows tight. He's, uh, he's the, the lower man. You know, I'd maybe be a little bit lower here and, like I said, keep his head out of, uh, more out of the play. Um, but he reads the, reads the running back, keeps his hands in the chest, keeps readjusting his hands, and as he sees the running back coming closer, you see how he prepares to grab. Um, him, he kind of he, he almost wide, you see how he widens out the elbow. So this is a really good hand technique. Widens out the elbow, 
to get him closer to that chest while while reducing the power that the um, right guard has and then grabs his chest and just completely sheds him away, just pulls him away and gets on the tackle. So nice, nice hands right there. That's like stuff you really – it's hard to notice if you don't watch film and uh, if you just don't understand the game. So It's hands. It's everything. He's using his core strength right there. Like mm-hmm. look at his feet. Like he's setting and planting both of his feet at the same time in order to be able to get the power to, to fling the offensive lineman like that. Using momentum against him, yeah. So next play, a couple more plays of him. Uh, then we're going to do Jordan Jenkins. We're going to – Jordan Jenkins is not going to get the attention I guess he deserves. I, 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 we just, I have to do both of them today. Uh, so, But like I said, if I have to do the show on Friday, upload it Saturday, whatever. We just did a show on Wednesday, or I did a show on Wednesday. And uh, Kyle, now he knows he has an open invite to do any film review he wants. Uh, definitely has good it's, – it's better discussion. Um, so he is a three-tech on, on, the, uh, on the, the play side of this play action. Um, and he, he just, he backdoors the, the, the right guard here. And it looks like, it looks like he was just responsible for the, for the a gap on this play, or maybe he just had a natural feel for it, or maybe he was two gapping, but he knew what was coming. Um, but it looks like he had the a gap and then you have the linebacker, which might be Hewitt, who is probably most likely responsible for that, uh, that B. So. I think he just read this, right? I think he, yeah. Film study. He knew what was coming. Yeah, and it's it's always hard to tell. Like, okay, was he was he penetrating? Was he supposed to two gap? What what was happening? Did he did he read it? Did he not read it? Was that his assignment? You know, it's it's almost. I like to be more conservative with that stuff because do do I truly know? Um, no, I, I I don't. You know, so just all right. Pause it for a moment. Uh, like it, it, the way the play starts, it looks like it's going to be some type of zone flowing right. Oh and yeah, look at some type of you know uh, split flow with the tight end working his way back across. Now, normally, you, if, you're, if you're playing that, you're going to work to not let this lineman reach you. You know, you're going to keep stretching it to the sideline. But I think he knew that this is not what it seems to be. With the window dressing, I'm not trusting that. And he decided just to penetrate. No, you know, and that's, that's definitely a possibility. But like I said, just for, for me personally. for sure, of course. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, could he have just been lined up in the B gap but responsible for the A gap as, as, as Hewitt was responsible for the B gap? You know, so like with things like that, I like to be a little bit more conservative. But if, if I had to guess one or the other, I would definitely agree with you that he just backed toward this guy and, and had a good feel for, for the, all the, the zone steps of the offensive lineman here really quickly. Um, and again, he reduces that right shoulder and throws that rip. Uh, against the center as he tries to get over there, which is a pretty much an impossible position for the center at this point, to be completely honest. Um, stays with the play, fights through the block, fights through the block, fights through the block, boom, he splits a sack with Henry Anderson. So um, good play right there. Let's see, play. We have four more plays of Mr. Leonard Williams. Um, here. Okay, so he is like, let's take this. This is a good example. How many, how many plays of Jenkins do you think will get done at this point? Well, how many plays? I'll get them all done because I could, I, okay. I could technically go until six. Um, but yeah, so okay, you could leave. You, like I said, you could you, you can duck out whenever you whenever you need to. If you want to stay for a few dragons plays, do that and just say, hey, Joe, I'm out. Uh, whatever you know. So okay, uh, so he is the. This is like a situation right here where like he's kind of in the middle. Like is he a is he a three? Is he more of a four eye? Like this one, I'm gonna call it like a like a three loose, loose three. Yeah, three loose loose three. Um, whatever you want to call it. So um, let's see what happens here. This is, this is just like circular force again and, 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 some, and some power as he takes on the block from 
um, the right guard who the Packers don't have a bad offensive line. I'm not sure if it's a guy who was necessarily who this guy was, but he gets his, at least his left arm inside and, and peeks into the backfielder here as he takes on, you know, the, the combo block from the, uh, the center who tries to push him just, I guess, even though he's, he, he's, the track is kind of wide for the for the running backs, so I don't know if he should necessarily be pushing Leo outside, but he kind of uses that momentum against against him uh, mm-hmm. or against the right guard, and he doesn't have good he doesn't have good position really right here at all. He's 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 higher than him. His hands are on outside, but he just uses some really like you said like good like play strength and just kind of shoves him out of the way into an arm over. So that's that's just strength really. So um, next play thirty eight. And he's he's really good at like once he disengages from the lineman, just squaring himself up to be an ideal position to tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's definitely good at like finding and positioning his body well. That's a good point. Um, next play of Leo, who is a six eye. Um, this wasn't anything honestly crazy right here. I just like to see him beating Gronk. Uh, it's fun to watch the Patriots get beat, especially a guy like Gronk. So. Um, again, it flows with the with the flow of the offensive line. Another like inside zone split, tight zone split right here, and feels that gets his hands on them. Even though they're not necessarily inside, it's just this is just power. He's forty more pounds than him. Um, he's able to to kind of initiate or, or get into the contact right there, extend them, go into like that uh, that like, pillar that I said. As he sees that number twenty six, Michelle is cutting to the outside of him. He's able to plant. Uh, simultaneously as as he pulls a, or pulls uh, Gronkowski down, boom, get on a tackle. So another good play. And uh, let's go to the next one. Try to get to some Jenkins film. I know you're, you're, you, I know you were pretty interested in watching the Jenkins film at least a little bit. Um, Both so. of these guys, I, my, my favorite positions to watch is like stuff in, in the trenches, particularly on the defensive side. <clears throat> It's funny because I always say, like, I'm starting to almost go more into that now, but I also love breaking down receivers and corners. And I know I've gotten, you know, you, you said that you enjoy my breakdowns of corners and receivers, and I, I like that as yeah, well. I've got to be honest, that's what you're best at. Yeah, uh, I feel most comfortable with that. Um, no, but I'm starting to get really good comfortable with the everywhere. You know, and it's funny, too, like, how much, like, like you think about uh, both of us, but, like, when I first met – I remember when I first met you, like, I would go on – I went on your show – and you did a, uh, a review of like a play and you're like, Oh Joe, what do you see on this play? I remember being like, uh, we're like now I could probably be like this, this, that, this, that it's this type of play. <laughs> you know, you it's, it's fun to, to learn and grow. It really is. Football is so great. So another play right here where he is the uh, four eye tech um, on the play side of uh, this play where they actually, they actually throw it, throw it. It's a trap on a panel right here. And, Leonard Williams has the he's dealing with a combo block on the play side of this, and you can't really you can't really tell his technique you know too too well on this because you can't really see too much. But he he does um, he does get low. He gets his hands inside of seventy seven. You can clearly see that he has power in that in that anchor, and he's doing good job creating force off of, off of that instep on the defensive line. Because like I said many times, Colin, it's almost hard to explain to people unless you do it. But creating pressure with your leg turned outward off that instep is you create much more power than if your leg was straight because your knees can kind of bend against each other where if you're if you're off your instep, you're turning your leg sideways and you're almost like forcing your knee to snap if you're really going to do that, you know, if you're going to uh, force that leg backwards, you know. So it's, it's a more powerful position. Um, gets low, uh, is able to, to disengage the block, find the running back as he runs right into him, make the tackle. A quick one. We'll do quick on the play number 40 right here so we can get to Jenkins a little bit. Uh, beat cut and sack. Did I say this was? Let's see here. All right. So he is the 
He's like a, almost like a six. He's like a little bit slanted, wide five. And another play where this is a, this is a quick hitter player. It's, it looks like it's supposed to be a quick hitter play, at least with the cut blocks indicate quick hitter play. Brady mm-hmm. ends up holding the ball a little bit more. Something wasn't open or that was supposed to be open. But good job by Leonard Williams seeing that the cut block is coming, uh, kind of jumping away from it. Uh, you know, ladder, like he, he right here, what he what he does is he ta- he's taking more of the weight off of his off of his legs and making himself lighter on his feet as he shoves the body into the ground. So you know if more of his weight was on his feet, then the cut block is more effective. If you're lighter on your feet, you can kind of just hop away from it as he does right here while throwing the guy into the into the ground. Uh, is able to get the sack on Brady, and that is the uh, review of Leonard Williams. Kyle, any last not last thoughts on the show in general, but last thoughts on Leonard Williams and thoughts on the uh, the review of him. No, I think we said a lot. Um, I think this is a player that uh, the Jets should resign. Um, you know, players like, for example, C.J. Mosley, it's rare that a player like C.J. Mosley or Le'Veon Bell hits free agency. And that's why you saw the Jets throw big money at those types of guys because the Jets was a team that was kind of devoid of talent. So when, when prime talent hits free agency, you go out and sign them. Like, you let Leonard Williams hit free agency, there will be a plethora of teams offering him huge, big money to come there. So – Listen, he's a young player, um, still has room for growth. You drafted him. He's reliable, doesn't get in trouble, isn't injured. Is the player you want on your team. So they should resign him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now getting to Jordan Jenkins, which was 26 plays of. Like I said, uh, duck out whenever you want, but we'll get as much done as we can. Um, so you have uh, Jenkins off the, off the left side right here. Um, for me, he kind of he, he, he bows out a little bit wider than I would necessarily want him to. Yeah. Um, but at the same time and the, the, the tackle, um, I, I, he turns his hips a little bit. He opens his hips a little bit too much right here. Right. If he stayed square, I think he just let uh, Jenkins rush up the arc, but, uh, or push him up the arc, but, and he ducks his head a little bit too and hands are wide, but Jenkins does a good job with that. He does this a lot where he does like this type of swipe into a club rip. That's like his favorite type of move where you could see that his right arm deflects the outside arm right there. The, The hands come together, which obviously deflects some of the power. Um, his left arm gets on the shoulder pad of the uh, right tackle, so he's able to throw that rip in there because of that, a tighter rip. And then he, he actually does show he actually does show better bend than people think he does. Uh, good power off the arc right there, and he j- or, uh, bending the arc, and he just misses the ball right there. Like that's like a like it, I don't believe it's a game of inches. I really do believe it's a game of millimeters, Kyle. Yeah. So very fair. Good. Uh, there's plays like that that are just probably such, less than an inch that would have taken for him to get that strip sack. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, next play, he is the zero two four six like eight tech. You know, he's off the line a little bit. The uh, and this like this like inverted wing yeah, set. Yeah, but that he's they have. all the way outside the first tight end. You'd probably call him a nine. Yeah, oh yeah, but if if there's another tight end, I would call him call him an eight. So like it'd be like a zero zero two four. Six okay, eight and then eight I and it kind of like it's kind of weird when it gets out there. Um, but regardless, whatever you want to call him, um, or a seven if he's outside. The, if there is an extra tight end in the line, you can call him a seven as well instead of a nine. Now, if he's outside of this guy, it'd be a nine or you know wh- whatever. You know we're getting into really big like getting into semantics or whatever you call that. I'm not good with words. Sometimes I say it works semantics. I'm like, does semantics really mean what I'm how I'm using it? <laughs> but uh, regardless, they they run. Um, they're running opposite. They're running. And it almost looks like, hold on, let me see this a little bit more. It's like a pin pull counter. Yeah, I would say I would say it's more of like a like a counter. Um, but 
whatever they run, if we can break it down and then really get into exactly what everybody's doing, but they're running away from Jordan Jenkins. This is just showing some power that he has. Um, the, the, the tight end does not do a great job of really getting a good base into Jenkins, but Jenkins does do a good job. One, he controls that outside arm. You can see he gets that long arm into him. He has, he has long – like, look how long his limbs are. He yeah, has I was just wondering how long his arms are, and I'm surprised I don't know it off the top of my head. I don't either, but regardless, they look long, and he plays long, like right here, plays long, gets that arm into him. And look how far he, he – he's strong, man. Like, he's not a DN driving this tight end back. Like, he's, he's – He's a power rusher for sure. Yeah, he's – that is strong. He didn't get on this play, but I like to show how strong he was right there doing that. So, um, good play by, by – by Jenkins, at least in my opinion. Do we have any? Do we have an update on how long those arms are? Give me one moment. I don't know. You already was, know I'm on that. Ooh, 94th percentile. Like 34 and a half, 30, 35? 30 quarter. Okay, yeah. For for uh, for an, uh, they have him as an outside linebacker, which I guess is what they consider edge on mock draft. But yeah, 94th percentile. That's long. Yeah, he got long arms. So. Um, and on this play, again, on the right, he's on the right side, and he is the the six tech eighty-seven's uh, Pettigrew, or that used to be Pettigrew. I don't know who it is now. Um, it's definitely not Pettigrew. He's not with them anymore. I don't but think. he was eighty-seven, right? I think I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so um, he's standing up right here, uh, like as as a six tech, hands inside. Ducks his head a little bit into it, but he does control the chest of, of 87 and is able to just drive him back in right into the play. This is just, it, again, nothing crazy with his technique like Leonard Williams, but this is just more power versus the tight end and driving him in into the, uh, into the um, what looks like a, it's like a draw, it's a draw here. So um, good play by him with his power. Let's get into the next one. Like I said, his is not as nuanced as Leonard Williams. When you when you talk more on plays and you talk about the, the technique that's in the players better, Leonard Williams is definitely better than Jordan Jenkins. But Jordan Jenkins is still I, – I think he gets disrespected, to be completely honest. By um, who? By Jets fans. They, a lot of Jets fans talk about Jordan Jenkins like he's just some replacement-level player, which I don't believe he is. I think he's a solid outside linebacker. He's just not a big-time pass rusher, you know? Um, this guy's going to have a long career. Yeah, he, he is. It. He is. So, again, really wide off, the, off of the right side, rushing against the, uh, the left tackle. And he throws that left arm, which misses on, like, that swipe um, as, the, as the, you know, it's the left tackle never really shoots it. So, there's really nothing to swipe there. So, it's kind of almost like a precautionary swipe right there. Throws that club, again, into a rip, like I said, with that swipe club rip that he likes. And you'll see it on another play, but he actually has some good – like, this is some good bend right there. You see that? Yeah. That's a good. That's a tight. That's a tight corner. He turns. Um, he said precautionary, but it, it could be more than just precautionary. It could also be inviting the offensive lineman to start throwing those hands. That way, he can get under. Yeah. No. That's that is that is true as well. So. Um, also, like, yeah. I mean, like, one area. That, I mean, of course, he should be better in this area because he's a lot smaller. But, I mean, we're talking rushing from like a five and outside. Of course, Jenkins is much better from that area than Leo Williams. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's he's lighter, he's faster overall, and he like this that 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 is solid bend right there. He's pretty low, so that's something I like watching this. I did not know he had as good as bend as I uh, previously thought. You know, yeah, I think I think his technique is good, and you know he studied pass rushing with Chuck Smith, yes, uh, who's very good in his own right. I actually, just saw he Chuck Smith up, uh, you know, like put on Instagram uh, him getting a sack on Orlando Pace, who's a Hall of Famer. But um, what was I going to say? Um, I think Jenkins is a solid t- technique, good worker, really strong, but he's just a very limited athlete. Um, 
Yeah, like he, so I think he has good – I think he actually has – He's like, a 4'8 guy. I think, yeah, I think he has good bend, but when you don't have that, that short area explosiveness and top-end speed, it, it definitely limits your pass rush from the outside. You really yeah. need speed, you know, or elite power. Like, he doesn't have elite power, but he has solid power. You know, he has good bend, but he doesn't have good – Yeah, uh, and, he, and that power would be better if he were more explosive. Oh, for sure. You get the tackle to open up their hips, and then you're screwed, you know, so – that's why people talk about you need you need the speed, you need the power, you need the technique, you need the arm length. You know, those are all things you definitely need to be a um, a very good rusher. So on this play, this actually happened a little bit more than than I would have liked to for Jordan Jenkins, where um, actually not not necessarily just on this type of play, because he actually learned a lot from this play, I believe. But his uh, sometimes his his edge, he was not as disciplined as he should have been. Um, just like on this play, and you you'd think that you know Tannehill is a is a mobile uh, is a mobile quarterback and studying their film, you'd know that you don't necessarily want to crash down so hard on a play like this. So um, he's a little bit late to you can see his eyes still right here uh, on the running back as the running back does not have the ball. So he's definitely late in, with his recognition right here. Yeah. And I would like to see him stay a little bit more wide and conservative on this play. So he crashes too hard downhill um, or, or uh, you know towards the running back right there and uh, allows a big rush. This is this is a big big on Jordan Jenkins. Yeah. And speaking of this, this was right in the beginning of the game. Very first play. So you know that this was something that Gase saw in film. Yep. Is this crashing hard inside every play. Mm -hmm. First play of the game. Let's just, you know, run a fake, get him to crash down. Then we're going to have a bunch of, a bunch of space out there. So that was something they saw in film, but kudos to Jenkins for, I guess, learning from the mistake. Once it took, it took him to get exploited for that to happen. Yeah, Jenkins wide again on this play. Um, <clears throat> as the Dolphins run uh, another, it's like more of a more of like an inside inside zone. Uh, it's a little bit different with in terms of like the the left tackle blocking like kind of more more down, but he's just trying to assist before getting out to the second level because he doesn't really have a threat in that in that uh, beat, uh, in that C gap. That's why it looks a little bit different. But I would still label it as like a as like an inside zone right here, and the uh, the right tackles trying to just keep Jenkins on that backside. Jenkins again. I, he he drops his hips right here, and you can see how he really see how he really rolls those hips up and through. Like I said, like where it looks like, and it's like it's kind of like a little bit more graphic, but like how he's humping something. You know what it looks like? It looks it's just like when you get on the sled, and you know how like the coaches. And I don't know if you ever did this because. You oh were, yeah, no, I I played football. I know, but like you were also a defense, well, a defensive back, running back, a couple of. So I don't know yeah. if you ever had to hit the sled, but. You know, one of the techniques they make you do on the sled is get on your knees sometimes and thrust your, yeah. your up and stuff. And this is this is what he's doing right there. Yeah, we didn't do the knee the knee thrust thing, but sled was more punishment. Like, okay, we we effed up a couple of times, got our penalty. It's like, okay, you know, sled from the fifty to the goal line, and then he just got to keep going. It's just that was more punishment thing than technique thing for the for the DBs. Uh, so that was safety, corner, receiver, uh, and running back. So, which we ran a veer and. Uh, with two wing backs, we call them wing backs, but regardless, okay, we can talk, we can talk about high school, college football all the time as well. So, um, again, loads, loads himself up. You can see him really generate force through his entire body and like hump up like that. For like, people who don't do sleds, don't play football, it looks like he's literally humping something right here. That's, that's, that's the perfect way, like a, that's a perfect way to describe, in my opinion, of rolling the power up through your lower body, up through your hips, extends them, and then just keeps kind of driving towards the play side. Um, on this play, I'll play it in full speed so you can kind of see more of just, just more power and some good leverage and technique right there to get on that tackle. Anything to add? Uh, one little last thing, if you can go back to it for a moment. Sure, go ahead. Um, so play it a little slow, go through it slow. So at, 
he makes contact and then he keeps striving the hips. But what I like is how he keeps that arm extended through it. Sometimes like when you, it's natural that like when you make the hit, sometimes like you want to try to disengage without fully locking your arms out, but he gets like full extension after the hit, which further drives, drives the tight end back. So yeah, no, that's, I just like the the full extension after the hit. Cause Mm -hmm. like sometimes like playing defensive line, it's not always natural for you to do that. Stack moves. This is this is the area that I think he progressed in the most. Where in previous years you'd see him not necessarily stack his moves, which um, was something that would hurt him. Where he would just have one move, it didn't work, it didn't work. But he learned how to better um, put multiple moves to together um, right here, which isn't. And the right tackle does a terrible job right here, um, in in my opinion. Where this guy is so wide get vertical. Don't, don't try to jump. You can't, you're not gonna be able to jump him or 45 degree set him when he's out this wide, unless you're super confident in your athleticism. I agree. I know Mike Juwan James. Yeah. So, uh, opening, this is, this is this, if I put 72 on him and put in a green Jersey, this is what shell does all the time. FYI for people who are not prepared for that review. Cause he's going to get destroyed. Um, not to mention not only is he 45 degree setting here, but he's also got a tight end here. Who's going to, disrupt how quickly he could even get out with that type of set mm-hmm. because he's kind of in his path yeah no that's a good point and Jenkins you know for from his perspective he does a good job with that right hand you see he swats that hand down and then he he's he knows that right arm is coming and you see how he's he, how he, t- how he tightens that that left arm to his body preparing for for that hand um so he doesn't make contact with his chest which is obviously the 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 contact you want as an offensive lineman or even as a defensive lineman so good job swatting preparing for that right arm to come um decent bend and then he he throws that rip obviously the ball gets rid of him uh, gets out quick but i think i still think that's like a you know a positive play for jordan jenkins in terms of his hands yeah so um next play eight we're running through his definitely faster so maybe i will be able to get this up before i go to work which is that you know we'll see Sometimes it depends. There'll be times where like it'll be like 25 minute YouTube upload and then he gets like 90% and then like the Wi-Fi will go down. It's like 45 minutes for us. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why do you, why does God hate me? <laughs> um, so another, another similar type, another similar play where, where Gase tried it again on Jordan Jenkins. Jordan Jenkins learns his lesson on the bottom edge right here, which I started to play a little bit late. So I apologize for that. But uh, Jenkins penetrates. He stays, he stays disciplined. Um, and he and he gets more upfield than he did previously. Uh, Tannehill sees nothing, and I said like something stupid like right here, like "Oh, dark magic" by Jordan Jenkins. He like telepathic powers. He made him fumble this ball, but what happens here is basically Tannehill shits his pants right here and just loses control of the ball. Uh, Jordan Jenkins gets the uh, the the forced fumble recovery right here. So, yeah, just, I like how he got the ball because sometimes quarterbacks are pretty good at recovering the football. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, it happens to them all the time in practice and stuff. You're you're more likely to have to recover fumbles as a core, uh, quarterback, you know, because every, every fumble or most of the fumbles on offense is, is from you or a running back. Where there's Brady is so good at that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember like, a couple couple of years ago there was like a super good one, like where Brady had like three four guys on him. He just reaches out his arm, and while well, he's got guys piled on him, and just gets a fumble back. Yeah, and so this one's super simple. As well, it's another play where the Browns probably try to try it now. Um, or actually, I don't think they try to try it, to be completely honest, because he wasn't really booting out. It looked like it was just a, it was just like a, fake, uh, a fake outside zone into what was supposed to be a quick hitter that was clearly not there. And Jordan Jenkins stays disciplined again and, and, and penetrates into the, into the backfield and gets a you know, big hit 
on well, uh that being said though even if right. it wasn't like the the sole intent they probably the browns coaching staff was probably saying hey listen like if there's nothing there but mm-hmm. also this end crashes down you can run it tyrod oh they definitely give him multiple lanes to to run and, and uh options like like you said listen if it's not there go ahead and duck out and freaking run because he has the legs we know he has the legs that's what made him so dangerous in buffalo um so this is a play where you do you really like the the one limitation he has is that pass rush like I said he's a, sometimes I'm not gonna call him tight because I actually think he does have d- relatively good bend I think his hip like sometimes he's a little tight but not necessarily in his bend but in some other areas uh, but so you have some limitations with pass rush with him even though I think he could be a guy Calvin Pace gets seven eight sacks a year by hustle by good technique you know I don't think he's ever be a guy who's gonna get twelve thirteen sacks but if by the way three cone sacks, is seven three nine that's twelfth percentile yeah so he's low yeah so in terms of like quick twitch ability and moving quickly uh, stop start he's not very good yeah naturally it's not there but I think that he does enough work and he cares enough about his craft that he does whatever he can within a play to to maximize his talents but you don't want to see him in in coverage like like this where um cover you have cover three right here and he's and he's in that and he's in that hook to see him <clears throat> so his first responsibility is that is that number three receiver um and he should have some awareness right here seeing that these two guys are completely away from the play so as he gets that reroute you know i would obviously i want to see him turn his hips or, or and recognize where the number three is and get underneath of that and you could see how he kind of just reroutes them and looks back to the quarterback and really has no idea where that number three receiver is and the ball gets completed right behind him. So you don't you don't really want Jordan Jenkins in coverage, which is definitely one of his limitations. No, and this is where some of the idiots that were criticizing the Mosley signing saying, oh, well, Mosley's bad in coverage and he'll get exploited. No, Mosley is is not going to get exploited in this type of area. Like he – No. He, he's savvy. Like, again, Mosley's not a, a great athlete, not, not a poor athlete for sure. He's definitely but, solid. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he understands spacing. Or that, even that. even even like stuff like that. Like, listen, we're like, let's just say, let's just say it's um, a drive concept where you have you you, you have the the uh, the, the um, drag from the outside receiver a little bit tighter, and then from the inside receiver you you have the dig route. There be times where we're mostly be put in a position where there's nobody else around him, and he's facing and he's facing that drive concept, and he would take he would take the dig, so he would take 15 you know 10 15 yards away from the offense, the the um the drag route in front of him would get completed, but then he would come up field and make a tackle for three yard gain instead of a, a 15 yard gain. But people to okay. see oh completion by Mosley that was a bad play by him when in reality it was actually a really good play. So a lot of people don't understand what they're watching, and that's a problem, you know, obviously. Yeah, and you, I, I really, really, really do wonder how Pro Football Focus grades some of these things sometimes because I think that generally the people that do grading for them are smart football people, but how much of them really, really understand scheme? And like when you're going through and you're tracking everything and you're recording everything, how much attention to detail of scheme are you really paying attention to? Like I know that that um. plays some role, but like – I feel like when you're when you're so stat driven and you're all about recording and stuff there's room for error and stuff and obviously some of the people who go through all the games are you know oh. some yeah, they're like, always getting new people to do it every year. Like some guy might work that, for them. For that's the problem. They're super stat driven. But like you said, like we're just that drive concept. Do they know what they're watching there? Do they know, do they know responsibilities with the Adams? I mean, with the Darnold pick, 
with that interception, is that an automatic, um, you know, ding in their system where let's, I don't know how it works at all, but let's say that's a two point loss, no matter what the interception is, should that really be a two point loss when it's not his fault at all? You know, so there's a lot of problems with pro football focus. And I hate when there are some shows out there, trust me, there are definitely shows, Jets shows, any show, Oh, pro football focus rated this guy, this, he must be good. I don't go by pro football focus minus for like, you know, snaps and things like that. Or if a guy's really bad or really good, they're usually not that far off base, but there are definitely times where they're very off with their with their rankings of players and things like that. So yeah, their their offensive line grading is strange sometimes. Um, it's the most complex position. It makes sense, you know. I think one area that they're pretty good at grading is like defensive line and pass rushers, because I think they're generally pretty good at tracking pressures and stuff, and like hits. And I think that factors into their grading a lot. So that Leonard Williams play where like, was that a pressure where he trucked over Nelson? Like, is that necessarily a pressure? Like, I don't know how that's. Yeah. How do they grade that? I don't know. I mean, like Leonard grades pretty good in their system, but not phenomenal. Yeah. His grade actually was his rookie year. Anyway, let's go back to talking about Jenkins. Yeah, we have, we're on play 11 of 26, so we don't really have that much longer of him to do. But um, here he rushes from from really, really wide. Obviously, he's he's split out over the tight end. They're, they're, they're right now. What, the, what I call this is they're capping him. I don't know if you have the same uh, terminology. Oh, yeah, where they're, yeah, 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 where they're showing man, but then they have really man behind while he's most likely going to rush or go into a different zone, but they're capping him right here. Uh, Jenkins rushes from outside. Uh, the number 74, he chases Leo too far inside right there instead of getting okay. depth into his pass uh, to his pass set. But So Leonard Williams really just has to – I mean, uh, sorry, Jordan Jenkins really just has to defeat the, 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 uh, the arm, but still is able to defeat those arms with the with – the, uh, with the uh, rip and then he gets the tackle. So um, relatively athletic play from him right here. That's I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Force fumble that of course turned into more yards. He loves doing the dip and rip. Oh, for sure. Get him with his power. Mm-hmm. So next play, um, bad edge set. Let's see. Yeah. There's some times where, like I said, I don't, I don't. He started peeking in. Yeah, he – so people, like, think, and I even I thought more of, okay, he's a super disciplined player but not a lot of bend, where I, I learned that he's – sometimes he's undisciplined at times with more bend than I thought he was. So that's why you should always watch the film right here. But he's he obviously has to maintain his outside leverage right here. Obviously, you know, if the guy's going to break inside, you can get the tackle, great. But he, he what happens is he peeks inside. He commits way too early to that inside and gets caught up in some traffic instead of, like I said, setting that strong edge right here where you want to see him, you know – keep his eyes in the backfield that's fine but you don't want to attack like that half inside man because then he has the leverage outside of you so he gets end up getting pushed inside where he should really he doesn't have to necessarily just attack the half man on the outside but at least keep at least keep him sacked and be able to to you know get to the outside so he commits way too early right here so bad play by him and then lets up some yards yeah you don't want to let the running back choose like you you, you don't want to give him options like you you get you invited him oh just take the outside right here I really like Coleman's analogy for like when he was doing his Le'Veon Bell video, which any Jets fan who hasn't watched it, do watch it. It's like, you know, Le'Veon Bell waits, waits for the defensive line to, or not the, the defense in general, to make a mistake for them to overcommit to try to be a hero, which that's what Jenkins is doing right here. He's trying mm-hmm. to be a hero. He's trying to get in and make the tackle because, you know, the running back was being super patient. Credit to Yeldon there. But when he goes inside, he's blowing his assignment, which is to me uh, the outside gap which he gave to, to Yeldon, which, you know, goes for a first down. Good hit by Marcus May there at the end, too. Marcus May, he's a thumper. Yeah, for he sure. is. He's a thumper. Um, play 13. Let's see what's going on here. Again, he's left. Uh, he's on the left edge a little bit wide. And 
another play where it looks like he he gets lower than the right tackle, gets his hands inside. Um, but it look, I said not the best edge set again. Yeah, so he it's another play, you know, second play in a row where he, in my opinion, he commits too early right here. Where there's definitely some other guys right here. Uh, Avery Williamson, this was not a good play by him in my opinion. We're watching this play where he commits way too early as well instead of scraping over top. Um, but Jordan Jenkins, He's poor placement of his hips there. He should be on an angle where his hips are tilted inside. You're talking while, about uh, Jenkins? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. While maintaining that outside leverage, instead he's kind of shifting his hips facing outside right here. Like, what are you doing? It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot harder for him to get inside at, right at this moment right here. So bad, bad like foot placement, hip placement, like you said, where you want to you want to see him stack and and be, um, you know, maintain that outside leverage. That's fine. But also by play design, understand that Adams is is he's outside as well. He's right in the box as well, so he'll be outside. So um, I would like to see him stack right here. So big lane for Lindsay and goes up for a big gain right there. So not the best play by Jenkins as well. Yeah, um, and, and quick point about what you were saying about Williamson. Yeah, he's a little overzealous at times. You love that about him, but sometimes it can it can bite you. Yeah, I did that in my review of him. Um, you know, I listed that uh, not this review, but the last review when I first broke him down. I mentioned that his overaggressiveness definitely hurts him. So yeah, I remember you pointed that out pretty pretty well. Um, so this play, this is a, this is a good play in terms of angles. I, I like, I like this play by Jenkins, uh, one hard step up field, which kind of, it, it keeps the, <clears throat> it keeps the right tackle, um, inside a little bit. And then you could see as he, that one step up field, you know, propels him outside as he's throwing that, uh, that double swipe into a rip again. And again, this is, that's, that's, this is not bad bend again. Like I was impressed by his bend. Um, that he does that he does have, even if he's not explosive, his bend is pretty solid, which he's able to bend that arc right there, takes him right into the quarterback. As obviously Leonard Williams, we we saw we we showed this play of him before, but this is the Jordan Jenkins piece of it. So, um, yeah. good good play on angles and good hands. And you know, everybody's always made the Calvin Pace, Calvin Pace, Calvin Pace comparison for Jordan Jenkins, and like if he can hit, if he can be Calvin Pace, he's going to have a good career. That like that'll be good for him. Just be pleased with that. Calvin Pace never bended like that. No, no, he didn't. He was much more physically limited. Like, like Jordan Jenkins is physically limited, but Calvin Pace was super limited. So um, I think that's unfair to Jenkins. I, I, I would agree with that, Kyle. Um, next play versus the Colts. He is on the uh, bottom edge right here, lined up in a, a two-point stance. His hands are on the ground, but I'm not really going to call that a, a, a four-point stance. Even though it might – that's a really big technical. If his hands are making contact at a four point, how much pressure, whatever. It's like a sumo so, stance. Yeah. So um, on the edge again, hands, he gets his hand inside the, 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 the uh, sorry, the tight end does That's not do a good problem. job. He does not do a good job in terms of look how he, look how he's bending from the waist. You oh, don't he's, want, he's a crappy blocker. Yeah. You don't want that, but uh, he's able to get his hands inside extension, make a tackle. That's a pretty easy play for Jenkins, but uh, good, good. Still, still a good job. It's something worth noting. Yeah. So um, next one. 16 out of 26. We were running through this. Uh, okay. So Jordan Jets like, fans will be disappointed. No. You were, it's, talking, you, you were talking about how, you know, oh, I feel like Jets fans disrespect Jordan Jenkins. <laughs> we did this whole big thing on Leonard Williams, and then we're breezing through Jordan Jenkins. Because Leonard Williams is much more about technique, I think. You know, that's, and we had more, like, side conversations. But him, uh, this, is a, this is a good job for, for him. We're also rushing a little bit now, which is fine. because Oh, yeah. Well, hey, guess what? People got work and some things to do. I have, I have a job or work nighttime. I'm trying to, like I said, I'm going to cram these reviews down your throat, which means I'm going to have to cram some reviews myself. But uh, mostly the Jets are, are, are one gapping here where you, ha where you have uh, 
literally like one gap, one gap, one gap, probably two gapping, one gap, one gap, uh, and then the edge right there from Adams. So, um, <laughs> which Adams blew up this play multiple times, <clears throat> or these type of plays multiple times this game. But uh, this play, you just have Leonard or uh, Jordan Jenkins, who's who's penetrating hard on that on that C gap, and is able to obviously keep his body clean. I like how he throws like double rip right here, as you can see, like rips through both arms while he's like reducing his body from the contact of both the right tackle and uh, 82. Which is that? Is that Rudolph? I don't know what number 82 Rudolph is, but. Um, well, maybe it is actually. I don't know. I don't Regardless, know. He, he good good play by him. Takes him again, self right into the running back, Latavius Murray for the uh, for the tackle for no gain stuff, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, it was nice that he kind of like he kind of like just hit the midpoint because this allows, he split them. Yeah, exactly. He split them perfectly because none of them could get a really good shot on him, and he it led him right to the ball. Split them. You're taking on like double double half mans instead of taking on a full man and then another half a guy or whatever. So good job, like you said, splitting. Um, yeah, like you're never really going to be able to block anyone when you're just a half a person. So no, no, no. We'll, we'll not, yeah, now let's take a combo block where you're purposely both taking like near steps and then splitting it out like where it's like you both your half bodies make a full body, but not when yeah, it's two yeah, separate that's... half bodies. Um, so this is another one of those plays where again they try this whole. Uh, outside zone uh roll out and J jenkins again he saw this before and he didn't he fall for it again shot. yeah he he lays out kirk cousins right here who's not a bad guy but i don't root for kirk cousins because he chose the vikings over the jets but thank god thank god yeah thank god he did yeah would you rather have kirk cousins at like a hundred million dollars an hour Darnold? like it's not even close so uh good job by him one good thing about that would be we would have a, an extra six overall pick which, but would you rather have a six a six overall pick or eighty million dollars in cap space I'm, or whatever you know? So the um, cap space. I don't even know who that player would have been. I mean, we could have drafted. Could have been Derwin James, right? No, no, Derwin was a rookie this year. It could have been this. Year, you're talking about last year? Yeah, never mind. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Wait, no wait. Yeah. It no, it wasn't been, a six. We could, we could have drafted Derwin James. You're talking. You're talking about like three seconds. Wait, they traded three seconds. Huh. They traded. They 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 had to trade up from the six to the three, which they traded three seconds. So you wouldn't have a, a, the number six pick. You'd have three seconds if they had cousins. Oh yeah, that too. So and how often? No, are I, I still would rather have Donald though. Oh no, it's not. I don't think it's a, an argument. Those three second round picks, if two of them turn into solid starters, that's that's fantastic. But I'm taking Donald over Cousins in terms of their skill and talent and going forward. You know, thousand times of a thousand, but. Good shot by here, uh, when Jenkins. When you said three seconds, I was thinking like one, two, three. Like, what is he talking about? Three seconds. Oh, oh god. Um, let's see. Okay, eighteen out of twenty-six. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Seventy-seven is is trash. The guard, but seventy-four is the guy I was thinking about. He is terrible. Yeah. This uh, guy, yeah, his legs look like a slinky or something like. This guy looks so unathletic. Look how narrow his feet oh, are. Look how yeah. much of an overset that is. It's bad. Oh, you want to frame that rusher. You want to you split him. You want to keep your hips square to the line of scrimmage, especially initially off the snap. He opens up immediately, jumps too far outside. Big steps. Uh, his hands are whatever, but it's, his hands are screwed regardless, no matter what he does because of how bad his lower body was. Um, Jenkins, obviously, he has a huge V-gap to work through, club arm over. And he does a club arm over, gets contact from the right guard, and is able to throw that, you see the left arm club, and then rip through. That's a strong rip yeah. right there as he's, as he's widening oh, yeah. out that left foot to, to uh, kind of add more power to it. So 
and then he brings him right into a sack. That's a, that's a really, that's a good play by Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, the guard was prepped for it the whole time, yet Jenkins still was able to violently rip up and through, keep it going. You definitely like to see the, the, the guard cover inside more, you know, at this point. But uh, yeah. instead of – he was more upper body than legs. But, hey, man, it's going to be fun watching. The Dolphins have probably the worst or the second-worst offensive line in the league this year um, with Josh Rosen, an, an, immobile, an immobile quarterback, or even Fitzpatrick, who's a little bit older now, versus the Jets front seven. They should really create a lot of pressure on this yeah, front. It'll be fun because Fitzpatrick, you know he likes to run, but it would be fun watching him take some shots, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not going to – it will be. I'm not going to lie. He was, Rosen is not running anywhere. People and, refer to – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say about Jenkins, like kudos to him. Like Normally he probably would not have rushed in the B-gap, but because he noticed how badly – Set. Yeah, it's just like, oh, let me take that. So, like, you know, kudos to him for reading that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun to take. I, listen, like, it's funny. I feel like I always refer to Fitzpatrick as, like, a good veteran quarterback for young guys. But I remember him being a little bit of a prick more than I remember or more than I thought previously. He definitely was with the Jets, especially. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to help Bryce Petty out or whatever. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. So, um, like Josh McCown, like, bad play by the right tackle again. He's horrible. By, He's Brandon, horrible by Brandon Shell right here. <laughs> exactly what Shell does. Shell is Brandon really Shell's not good much better than this guy, though. Uh, have you watched Shell film this year? I have. I've watched enough to know he's a lot better than this guy, but oh. he should be. He's a starter. This guy is a backup. No, Shell, dude. Yeah, but Shell does this a lot. Open the hips. And I hate Shell. You know that. I'm not defending Shell. I'm just yeah. really criticizing. You this have guy. to know, and he 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 pretty much loses pre-snap right here. You have to decide when a guy is wide. You vertical set. You know, obviously, if it's a if it's a quick hitting pass, yeah, you know what, jump him or 45 degree set, maybe root down, whatever you want to do, but. Um, you got a vertical set here. You can't try to jump out on a guy like that. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, in order for Jenkins to be able to to rush from that wide, he really has to get a good solid bend to be able to get to the quarterback. Because if he doesn't get a good solid bend, he's just going to go way beyond the quarterback. Hmm. Like, I, if I could draw it right here, it'd be good. He would just go right around the quarterback. So if you if you vertical set like you were saying, you're you're forcing him to not be able to bend at an angle, which he needs to go out. Instead, he would have to go much around. Yeah. But when you do this, you're giving him. You're, you're, yeah, you're giving him a, you're giving him a, they call it like a, it's a softer edge. So they say like a soft edge, hard edge. If he vertical set, it's a harder edge, you know? So yeah. um, he has to just have to work through the hands and you can see him deflect those hands away into a rip and he chases down, uh, what is it? Is eight more, right? Eight is more. Um no. No, that's Osweiler. Oh yeah, sorry. What number was more when he was there? Um, what number was he? I can't believe they. Nah, I don't know how they lost. Three, uh, maybe. I don't know. Okay, uh, moving on. Play twenty out of twenty-six. Looks like Kyle's in a state. I, I would be ashamed if you ducked out right now, <laughs> unless you had like a I hard just plan. Bite you, right? I like play twenty-five. Yeah, man, gotta leave. Um. Leaving on a high note, George Costanza. So I remember this play being actually the play that we talked about when we were doing the top 25 and I brought this play up and him just taking on two blockers. And we already described this of him getting, you know, nice and low hands inside of Gronkowski. He was a super powerful dude as he kind of like pillars him. Um, he sees yeah. that the, the, the pulling guard is coming on like this, like one back power. And that's Tooney. Tooney is a good lineman. He takes on Gronkowski's 260, 270. Uh, Tooney with a full head of steam ducking his shoulder into him as Jordan Jenkins is standing still, 
look and look how strong this is strength man this is this is really really strong to be able to take on a, a puller as you're engaged with another guy and not really move at all and then be able to to throw both guys uh to the ground that is this is the best play of of his season i think and he didn't even make a tackle like in terms of just showing like pure strength this is ridiculous yeah and Again, uh, not doesn't really go down in the stat sheet, but like you're Tooney, all of a sudden you're like, man, I respect that guy a little bit more. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you're not gonna, you might not approach him the same way next play or Gronk for that matter. That and uh, re, like even if he doesn't make the tackle, you taking on two blockers in one play with making making like no impact. That's a win any single time. I'm gonna take that for any any one of my guys, one versus two, and you be able to win that matchup. You know, so. Um, this is the play we, we did this as well. Yeah, yeah. That's Conklin, you'd like to see him get his get his hips more in tune with his upper body. He's definitely leaning from his waist a little bit too much here, but um, good job by Jenkins aggressively like attacking him with that first step of like penetrating and making him shoot his hands and feel uncomfortable. Boom, double swipe again into that rip, which he uses a lot. Which he didn't like. I said last year was just double swipe, no rip, or just rip, no nothing before it, or just bowl with no rip. Like he really learned how to. That's right. Talk about stacking moves into the double swipe rip. That's what I mean. So, and then again, solid bend right here. I, I was really impressed with the bend um, into the, uh, the sack of Marcus Mariota. So anything to add? No, you, you said it all. Okay. So 22 of 26. So we have five plays left. Uh, hopefully my computer cooperates. I can get this up before, but if not, like I said, it'll be Saturday. So this is just some of the aggressiveness and some of the toughness. Um, he does aggressively attack downhill right here. Yeah, like if Allen booted out right here. So that's a little bit worrisome, but the only reason I think that he might have is because it looked like Adams was responsible for the edge as well as he penetra- as he comes downhill. So maybe he knew Adams was behind him, so he could be a little bit more um, aggressive. That's a possibility. Yeah. But I, in terms of just the aggressiveness, him seeing that split block right here on this side. Like, I love how he attacks him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So go go ahead and explain that. Just um, you know, go ahead. You can take it over. Sure. Like so, there's a split full blocker. By the way, this tight end right here—that's a former quarterback. That's uh, Logan Thomas, mm-hmm. who was drafted out of Virginia Tech to be a quarterback, and I think Bruce Arians drafted him actually. And Jenkins Jenkins is literally running at him as if he was like a running back. Look at the way he's like. This is like Le'Veon Bell, like trying to truck someone right here. Yeah. And like just completely blows by him, and then just gets in uh, on the tackle. Like you love to see that right there. You know, if he if Jenkins comes in at him high, I mean, this is a big dude. Logan Thomas is a big dude. So if he comes out high, he's not going to get this type of movement and get past him. But he really goes down and just throws his shoulder into him. And and when when you're taking on a split flow blocker, more so than like you want to use your hands a lot as a defensive lineman and an edge rusher. But when you're taking on a guy like this. You need to create you blow movement. Him up. You, yeah, you got to create movement. You got to stop him from moving you and getting you out of the way. And the only way that you can really do that is by like throwing your shoulder with momentum. You either throw your shoulder if you have elite athleticism to get around him laterally, but that you, the the chances of you getting around him athletic like uh you know laterally and then being able to accelerate again and get on the tackles lower. So if you could blow him up, blow him up, and you know, as the Bills run this, like you said, like this like inside zones or this split inside zone with like a night like an orbit. Uh, orbiter right there like a fake uh you know end around and another yeah. thing too to, to add to him him ducking his shoulder like that too is i like how he's not necessarily going head on and he kind of takes an angle inside hey, and i would attack more of a half man you know so good angle right there as well and then gets on the tackle super impressive play well as well 
uh, four more plays, I believe, unless I can't count. Uh, easy sack. So this is going to be. Uh, is he taking on a tight end here? Yeah, t- t- he's falling against a tight end. The tight end is just his feet are like cemented into the ground for a good part of it. And again, he's not really covering the outside with his hips. So you're just working against the arms again. Bull rush extends him, controls that outside hand. Rip again, boom, sack. That's that's pretty pretty straightforward right there. Yep. So um, next one is going to be Jenkins too wide. As right. an offensive lineman, if you let someone grab your hands and grab your <laughs> arms like that, you're done. You're done, yeah. So um, this is actually one where in terms of him being a little bit too conservative right here where um, you have this, uh, which it looks like it, it looks like a – uh, inside zone read, which it, it, even if he, even if it, they're not blocking him, but this would just be to, to make him pause. Um, even if Rodgers was never going to get the ball, you know what I'm saying? So, um, regardless though, Jenkins is a little bit too wide right here for me. Uh, I, I'll see him crash in a little bit more in this mesh point because he is, he's only playing Rodgers right here, you know? And if he was to get tighter down the line to the, to the, to the, uh, the tackle, he could still react outside and get to Rodgers. Rodgers isn't a burner, you know. So um, I think he plays this a little bit too conservatively. And because of that, he's obviously the running back is able to, to cut back um, through the C gap and get a decent chunk of change. Obviously, you know, uh, Hewitt over pursued a little bit or came too far over top. But I'm not talking about Hewitt. I'm talking about Jenkins. So, yeah. So uh, some of his techniques sometimes is a little bit a little bit sketchier than I thought it would be. But overall, I was still more impressed with Jenkins. Uh, and what he can offer he's don't forget about him on this front seven he's another interesting type player uh i just literally just put jenkins kamikaze i kind of just like this play i thought it was a little bit like reckless but i i I did like it um as it looks like they're they're running like this uh this this uh et stun right here with him in panel which is a little bit of a different look um you have jenkins who's just (laughs) crashing into that yeah jenkins or panel bending the edge right there i don't know about that uh, just like Robbie Anderson trying to do end arounds. going to get home from that. No. But at the same time for Jenkins, he just he's attacking that B gap and he like throws like that 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 club arm over and literally just like catapults himself into that B gap and just drops that right guard because he's literally just kamikaze like I said into that B gap, trucks him yeah. and then gets the hit on Rodgers. I like I like that play from Jenkins. He must have came in with so much force cuz he came so <laughs> high. Like how do you, how do you knock someone over when you're coming in that high? It, it looks I like, think, like I think I think it surprised the offensive lineman. Oh, for sure. At this, oh shit, <laughs> right? Oh, right there. So kind of yeah. like knocked him in the head. Like it was like a knockout punch. Yeah, I, I like that. That was a fun one to watch on film. Like, oh, I got I got to record that at least. Uh, last play of the uh, the review for for uh, for both guys here um, is going to be the last game against the uh, the, the Patriots here. He's rushing off the right side, and. Another run stuff for for him as they um, run another. Um, I, w- I would call this like more like a. It's like another lead inside out our mid zone and Jenkins attacks the the right tackle, gets his hands inside, gets gets low. Um, look looks like a little bit more bending of the waist than I want right here. You can see it's not the best angle of his body where he's not really generating a ton of power through his legs right here, but he is able to attack that that inside shoulder. Um, as it looks like there is some gap exchange right here, obviously, where, where he's crashing inside to that to that B gap, and you're going to have like Hewitt scrape over top and be responsible for that edge. So he's attacking the B gap. Um, shows some power, extends him away, gets a run stuff. So. And you notice like 
a lot of these good plays came towards the end of the season. So it tells me that he got better towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Um, all right, so that's it. Let's, let's screw it. Let's throw the shell review into here too. No, I'm kidding. That's uh, plenty of film for, for one day. That's uh, with 66 plays we just discussed together. Um, Kyle, any closing thoughts? I definitely had fun. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, – well, obviously during the season, it's going to be Marcus Coleman and I. But uh, during the offseason, you should definitely jump on more for the film reviews. Uh, yeah, I think our, I'd like that. I think and the listeners would enjoy if, you know, if Marcus, his season is not, it doesn't coincide with the NFL season, right? No, no, it's the complete opposite. So he'll probably, you know, always be ready to go on any given week. But if he's not for whatever reason, you know, let yeah, me know. Yeah. And I, who knows, maybe I'd be able to, to come on if you'd, if you'd have me. Kyle, uh, the, the, the pinch hitter and then hopefully the, uh, the uh, spot. You're, you're a pinch hitter during the season and uh, hopefully like a spot starter in the, uh, the offseason a little bit more here. <laughs> pinch hitter. I don't know any good pinch hitters in baseball. I'm not a big baseball. I, 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 I will tell you. Baseball, honestly. Um, but anyway, we, so had we had Kyle a couple of weeks ago. We had Kyle today. Uh, we're going to have Kyle, like I said, in a couple of weeks, me, him, and Scott Mason are going to basically doing a hot takey, bold prediction, uh, predictions. We're going to make fool of ourselves a little bit type of show, which is always fun to do every once in a while. Uh, Kyle, I appreciate you having, uh, having you on. And I, I might've just asked you, but any last words you want to uh, leave everybody with before we, yeah, uh, so one thing, um, I I definitely read all the comments from the last time I was on. So any listeners that have any thoughts, positive, negative, or indifferent, mm-hmm. drop a comment and definitely drop a review for Joe too. Yeah, then let's spend on his Patreon. Like, geez, this uh, before we started recording, he's like, I did a film review on Burgess. I was like, yo, I I, I gotta be honest. When I was prepping for the show that we're gonna do with Scott yesterday, I sat down. I was looking at the Jets roster. I didn't even know who that guy was. Yeah. But you're doing a – I don't know how many play film review on him. So. 27. 27. So – Yeah, he is – he's a guy I was – Joe's doing, drop him a couple bucks every month. But you, you, that really does help and kind of makes things a little bit worthwhile for him. Yeah, Patreon, like I said, even if it's just a dollar a month, uh, anything helps. And like I said, it, it, it goes into – you got to understand, I recorded and I, I, I counted out this season. I recorded over – well over 1,000 plays on my recorder, on my computer this off season. My computer is going to crash soon. I'm probably going to need another one <laughs> relatively soon. So yeah, you got a MacBook. Those things aren't cheap, man. Yeah. So the, well, this is two grand. This this one to be. I don't care about money, but uh, I, I care about money. I'm gonna say I don't care about like oh they should know my money. But yeah, the Patreon helps. Like I said, with the mics, it helps with the earphones, it helps with the backdrops, it helps with the computers, it helps with a lot of things. And honestly, also it helps me be more. There's times where do I necessarily want to put up James Burgess? Like I know what he is. Do I always want to put it up? Eh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But it definitely helps motivate a guy a little bit at times. It takes the motivation. I don't think people understand how much, <laughs> how much time uh, it takes to do all these shows, record it, put it up, talk about it, go on other podcasts. I went on Panthers podcast, Bill's podcast, play like a jet all the time. So Patreon helps. What's Panthers podcast for? Uh, talk about uh, Brian Burns. So because uh, I was doing all the draft stuff. And oh, okay. then uh, – but. Yeah, and even if you can't do Patreon, I'm not telling you, you have to. Obviously, it, it, it's, it's something you don't have to do. I appreciate the two Joes uh, who are fantastic. I really do appreciate that more than I know. Uh, even if you can't do that, if you subscribe on YouTube. the same name as you. If you. Yeah, we're great. So if you subscribe on YouTube um, and you only watch on YouTube, it takes two seconds to look me up on, on TOJ Space Film Space Room on iTunes and drop a five-star. If you can leave a review as well, it helps a lot. We've been, uh, we've been dry the last month, so... Uh, like Kyle said, I would appreciate that a lot. It helps my uh, visibility. It helps 
me get more listeners. It helps a lot of different things. It really does. So uh, I appreciate that, Kyle. You're saying that to people because I always say it, but you're saying it as well. So. Yeah, well, and I truly mean it too. I mean, one thing is I don't sugarcoat and BS things. I mean, just, you know, I, honestly, and we might've talked about this a little bit. There, there's other jets film things kind of going out on the interwebs and they might be getting more views than you and stuff. And in my mind, that's a travesty. Yeah. I, that shouldn't be happening. And you guys that are dedicated to this show, help the man out. Yeah, if, you, if you can't donate any money, you've already left a review. You still want to help out. Spread the damn word. Post about it in Reddit. Post about it on Facebook. You know, if you can introduce one other person to the show, one other Jets fan to the show, and that person can then introduce yeah. one other person to the show, that's how things really spread. I mean, so just share the content. If, yeah, if that's, a, that's a good point. Like one person turns into five, who turns into 10, who turns into 50, who, you know, it always spreads. We're, the views and the listens have been definitely going up. I just started about a year ago. So um, we've been getting some shows over like a thousand views on YouTube. Yeah, so that's... Let's keep uh, let's keep jumping that up. Like I said, spread the word. And you talk about like Burgess and it's funny too. No, I did not hear one person talk about Burgess. And then I talk about Burgess on Twitter, and I hear now I hear people talking about Burgess as a dark horse to make a raw. I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, but if with Burgess, I noticed him actually because I was watching Shell review. He trucked Shell kind of like Jenkins. How he just took on Tooney. It was the same type of deal with Burgess. And Burgess is like 230 pounds. I watched his film. He's like Darren Lee ish type uh guy he's like a more aggressive strong darren lee but mental lapses so i think he's a guy he's like who's gonna he has a chance to to fight for that fourth spot against luvu for outside linebacker so i'm putting up a review of him and like i said ryan griffin uh, i got home from vacation literally that night and i did i did four i watched four games of ryan griffin the new tight end as well so you're gonna have that coming your way um I'm hoping the Jets sign or trade for somebody, but at the same time, I'm almost not because I know I'm going to have to do a review on them. Uh, but I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you. Uh, the next show will most likely be Tuesday. Um, it might be with Marcus Coleman. It might be with Kyle and Scott. It might be me by myself doing Henry Anderson and Williamson. You never really know. It depends on schedules. Um, stay tuned for that. Uh, enjoy the training camp. Don't overreact to things, and we will see you soon.